Uh, hey, let's play some D and D on stand. Uh, what if I said yes? What if? <laughs> like the, the pause, like Matt couldn't figure out a good what if, and then was like, "What if I just went with it?" Like <laughs> tried to come up with a fun man. hypothetical. Couldn't. Why, why you gotta call I me out like that? And dentists would agree. <laughs> I I always gotta call you out, Matt. It's it's. Uh, I mean, it's always. in the contract. <laughs> that's you're right. Damn, I should have I should have checked the contract. That's that's what happens when you don't check the contract. That is yeah, exactly check the contract. Yep. A sharp exactly. crack of distant You're thunder indicates up. that this storm's not as bad as it will be. In the early morning chill, Alan, Jebediah, and Fox, you stand huddled in the still-scorched entryway to the Thief King's Keep, which you visited in the first episode of this season. I say still-scorched because last time you were here, the minstrel who robbed Clan Tructa detonated a black powder trap for Fox right in this location, with the giant drawbridge door behind you and the sort of stone tunnel leading in before you hit the courtyard. However, right now, it's just a decent place to get out of the rain that's falling softly into the courtyard before you. Shaken from the encounter with Makar the previous night and with much to communicate to Yeah the Mykonid, Zothkug stayed back with the cipher truck, which you've hidden to the best of your ability in the nearby forest. You awoke early to come and examine the keep. Each of you split apart and explored for about an hour, looking for any sign of the dragon's head segment of the rod of many parts or even just something in general that might be out of place. And you now regroup, standing here at the entranceway, to discuss what you found. The keep sits still, ominous, imposing, silhouetted in the dim lighting of dawn filtered through thick gray clouds, feeling more like a tomb than a tower as you begin your discussion. Well, um, I, I can start, I guess. Um, I went into the kitchens, uh, which seemed, as, as one would expect, except for the fireplace, still had ashes in it, uh, which was quite interesting because one wouldn't expect fresh ashes to be in a fireplace in, you know, a place that supposedly has been abandoned for who knows how many ages. Um, were they, were they still warm? The kitchen. Uh, yes, they were, but nothing else oh. in the kitchen, like, gave any other sign that someone was there. Uh, just dust hmm. and no tools or supplies or anything like that. So that's that's what I found. That's definitely odd. Um, I can confirm nothing seems to have changed since the last time we've been here. No, at least not with the traps. Um, I, yeah, I, I don't know where this, if there's a secret passageway, I just don't know where to look. So I found something weird. Um, I was in the armory, uh, and... Do you remember, do you remember back when, <clears throat> when we were looking for Zoth and, and he was fighting that, that big construct kind of blew its chest piece out and stuff. So yes. I found these, there are these, uh, in the armory, there are these stone statues. They look like the kind of thing that you would like, you know, hang your armor pieces on, you know, like put a chest plate on. They didn't have any, like it all had all been stripped out and looted and whatnot. Right. But, but they weren't standing there, um, in their normal, like a normal position to put stuff on. They were, they looked like they were mid stride, but they were just frozen there. And it made me think of that, that big golem thing that Zoth mm. fought, you know, in, in, in that there might be, I, I didn't, we, we were, 
I didn't have much time. You know, we had to get back and mm. reconvene. Um, but I'd like to, Odd. you know, see if there's anything magical about them because what, you know, whether somebody cast a spell on it to make them move, mm-hmm. or or whether they themselves could move for for well, whatever reason. Um, at, at least that's a lead. I'm, I'm not. Yeah. I mean, I don't. Maybe's... I don't think it's as fresh a lead though as the kitchen though. I mean, fr- you know, like freshly burnt ashes seems more time sensitive. I mean, these guys could have been moved around a long time ago. It's just odd. It. I. I agree. Uh, there do seems to be signs of, you know, whether it's old or somewhat recent disturbances. Obviously, from what we both found. Um, the question is whether it has to do with the rod um i still suspect that it likely does or even if it doesn't it may be somehow beneficial to still get to the bottom of what's been happening here um because the i would say the 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 volume of traps even if they haven't necessarily been disturbed since we last were here uh seems somewhat relevant to something being uh, important here, if that makes I, sense. I'd, I would agree with that one. You, you definitely don't put this many traps around something unless there's something worth the effort. I agree. Um, I do. We were, I believe I remember Makar mentioning there being um, a, like a, a dungeon level or at least a lower level. Uh, I don't. I don't know if I'm remembering that completely correctly. Um, you got me. But I don't. I don't remember anything specific. But. I have an idea that might at least give us a. Uh, I mean, we could blindly start poking through here and, and you know mm. exploring and whatnot, and there's probably nothing wrong with that. But <clears throat> you remember when uh, when we were looking for um, the rod that Makar had, mm. and uh, and I cast locate object to see if we could like try to follow him, you know, plant that object on him. Yes. So I'm just supposed, like, it works by by describing or naming an object that's familiar to me. And, and while I'm not familiar with that rod specifically, I thought about, you know, trying to draw some familiarity. I We have the, the iron rod, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm at, I'm at least familiar enough with how rod, the rods in general work and are, and mm-hmm. I have seen an imprint of the rod in. Uh, I mean, the Aos Lore Foundation. This is true. Yes. Wouldn't you need color as well? I mean, I don't, I don't know how that works. I mean, if, if, if I mean, if we don't know, it's worth a shot, right? But yeah, I'm just wondering if I can like put two and two together and maybe it'll yeah, maybe it'll I've, give us a lead worst there, case scenario would there be, would there be any drawback to trying it i'd burn up a shell it's a it's a low level one mm. that's only you know one of my level two guys uh, i believe it's i believe it it's worth a try at least okay well i'm yeah. going to uh to take a number two shell and pop it into my blunderbuss and i am going to cast locate object it's going to fire off almost like a flare and it's going to make like this little this little pulsing light thing that that floats and it's gonna if if this does work dm and this is enough familiarity for me to become familiar with this object to cast it 
Um, it should point in the direction if it's within a thousand feet of me. Um, if it doesn't, then I'll let you like interpret how how that goes down, whether whether I'm not familiar enough or it is not within a thousand feet. What color is the pulse normally? Uh, I hadn't really thought about that. I, I would imagine it's like white and orange, almost like a flare. Okay. You, you know how, how like it's really bright at its center, but it kind of like fades out into orange and red on the edges. So you cast the spell and the white and orange flares up like you're used to, but almost immediately the color of the flare suddenly switches to a really dim blue and almost sputters out in front of you. Um, and and it just kind of falls ineffectually to the ground. It's kind of like, okay. Is yeah. that is that a good thing, Chip? Um, it is I a sign that your spell won't... hasn't worked, Jeb. It's a, yeah. Okay, I was gonna say I've only cast this once and it worked last time, so probably not. I think I think yeah, didn't work. Mm, there may not be enough um, familiarity. I I believe it, it likely that the spell probably um, rides on the fact of having actually seen the object yeah. in person. Eh, worth a shot. Yes, I, I believe it was. Well, in in that case, uh, if we want to, I, I know, um, Fox, you are very skilled at um, observing, and I know that you had no luck where you looked. However, I think bringing you to perhaps the kitchen first, and if we find no more leads, then then maybe to the the armory. Um, I think us like give, having more eyes on it, maybe to find more clues, if that makes sense, and and investigate okay. further. I definitely think that's worth a, a shrug. Um, Unless we think searching the, the keep for um, a different, like a hidden entrance, like just searching generally for a hidden entrance or uh, a, a stairwell to the lower level, to a lower level. Um, I, I definitely think the fact that you found warm ashes in the kitchen and not less else disturbed, I, I think there's something going on there. Maybe we can um, pick up a trail there. Do we want to leave like um, a lookout maybe? I mean, Zoth is here. Yeah, let's 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 see. I know he's been he doesn't like this place much, but I'll see if I can't convince him to, you know, keep a lookout. Because I, I heard a sound earlier when I was up top, and hmm. it, it might just be the thunder. That that is interesting. Do you I, think? I, I, I must do you think someone's maybe watching us, or. It, I, well, I, obviously, it could have been the thunder, but it just sounded really far away and just not the th- like kind of thunder, not thunder. I don't know. It just well, sounded weird. I, I do sit think, right with I, me. I do think it's somewhat valuable to have um, uh, to have Zoth at the, at the actual cart, if that makes sense. Um, That's where he is now. Yes. Uh, so yeah. I, I believe that. I mean, I myself could like point you in the direction of the kitchen stay out here for a bit. You guys can message me if you need anything. Perhaps, do we still have those messenger, uh, were they earrings, if I remember correctly? I mean, we don't have to go through all that. I'll, uh, I'll you've just... got the earring. I have yeah. the earring. Well, then perfect. I, well, then I will, I can stay out here. You guys go and investigate further into the kitchen. I don't, I don't think we have to go through all that. I'll just go tell Zoth what direction I heard it from, and I'm sure it's nothing. Okay. Um, so I'll, I'll I'll come right back. Okay. Okay. I'm going to add a die to the tension pool since Fox is coming back. Um, Fox, you leave and communicate to Zoth just like you're saying. While you're out, Jeb and Alan. Yes? 
Some feel some feel a little weird about Fox just now. Um, or is that just me? Am I reading into this? Because I mean, I know he's a little weird sometimes, just in general. So I don't think it's necessarily uncharacteristic. But I was just like, that, he, that was, you know, Fox. He's he's wordy yes, when I'm, he has to be, and he was really wordy for mm. like unnecessarily wordy about, hey, I'm going to go talk to Zoth. That that is quite interesting. I hadn't quite thought of it that way. However, um, that was somewhat uncharacteristic of him. Normally, if there's something that's bothering him, he's quick to, to voice that. Or shut you, it down. Be like, or hey, shut, leave, yes. well, yeah, like, leave it alone. Don't worry about it. Um, not to um, jump to, to conclusions, however, I believe it's something that could be entertained. Do you believe that he could be under some sort of control? I mean, our you know our company policy has been so far give him a bob. So that's true. Um, okay. Well, then the other thought is: Do we wait for him here? Do or do we trust him enough to wait here and give him the bop when he gets back, or do we want to? I I guess it could be quite dangerous to attempt to seek him out at this point. Uh, I mean, I, I say we just put it in our back pocket okay. for later. You know, just just keeping. Keep your eye out. I will. Um, I mean, if anything, Zoth is very perceptive. Like he, he will know if something's that, up that, with that. Well, with this I box, think that know? once again, that's assuming that he actually did go to talk to Zoth. Uh, I mean, that's fair. You know, um, I could, we, I could cast a message and be like, "Hey, Zoth," you know. That is. That's. I think that's a decent idea. Um, also, what I will do is when, when, or I guess uh, once again, not to jump to conclusions, if. He returns. Um, I'll give him a, a, a hefty pat on the back. Um, yeah, there you go. Like burp okay. him. Yep. Yeah. Well, all right. So, are you sending a message to Zoth? Is that what's happening? Um. Yeah, I'll just send. I'll just send a message and just be like, "Hey, Zoth, Fox is coming to say hi." Or something. He said he wanted to talk to you about somebody being around in the area and walking, watching. That, I guess, one thing that we also didn't consider is that if Fox was thinking clearly, he probably would have just said you should message him. Um, or I could message him since I have the earring. A few moments go by and you get Zoth's reply, and Zoth goes, Oh man, that's weird. I haven't seen him. Um, yes, well, okay. Then he hasn't seen him yet. Then uh, yeah, he could be walking up there. We'll check in in a little I, bit. Okay, uh, I would say stay on your guard. Be ready for some anything, something. Yeah. Hey. Uh, DM. Yeah. How much time did we take individually to survey our different areas? One hour. I'm gonna add another dive One attention hour. pool. Okay. Um, this place is riddled with traps. Yes, that is correct. Isn't it weird that Fox's report was there weren't any other traps other than the ones that we set off? Um, I mean, I, we were moving around for about an hour. I, I I personally didn't interpret it that way. I thought he said something more along the lines of none of the traps were disturbed except for the ones we disturbed. 
Okay. Okay. But I'm sorry. I'm getting paranoid. I think we're reading into this too much. He was probably just like had to go to the bathroom too and was like, hey guys, I got to go really quick because he doesn't want to say he's going to take a week. And then we messages off. And then he's like, oh, he's not there because he's off on the side taking a week. We're probably reading into it too much. Not to suddenly switch roles or anything. Um, I, I, I think that this is per- perfectly reasonable suspicion under our current circumstances. Um, I think now might be a good time to message Zoth again, just to make sure. If Zoth replies that he hasn't seen Fox yet, I think it's reasonable to assume that Fox may be hostile. Um, and if, he, if we see him again, we will first Abnormally act with an in- act Abnormal. <laughs> um, I think it may be um, our first line of defense towards this is just to give him the the innocuous bonk after mm. that we'll see what happens however uh the innocuous i would say bonk is the name of my band from high school <laughs> <laughs> we played all like new age synth music <laughs> um but uh otherwise i would say let's remain um on our toes like this this sure. could be this could be i don't want to i don't want to risk um death uh by just not being ready for sure, any right, possibility because yeah. i believe i believe we have reasonable sus- reasonable suspicion right now so if you want to message off again just to make sure that he hasn't gotten there yet hey uh do you want to try it oh yes sure um, and, so I'll, I'll, and i'll load up like the components into the uh into the blunder bus and be like well, oh, he's I got the earring. the earring i have the earring i well, might as well use that that's that's sending though and i believe you can only use that once a day right because it's like baked into the item just you saying, probably like it's know more better. Potent. Yeah. Okay. Well then, yes. Well then, I'll I'll use the message. Yeah. And so um, you just like, and I and I show you how to how to use it. Okay. So then, uh, Alan will will take it, fire it off. Uh, the messages. Oh, you uh, didn't whisper in the front. You gotta you gotta whisper into the into ah, the front okay. of it first, oh, okay. and then fire it off. Got it. Well, uh, Alan will whisper into it. Uh, hey Zoth, uh, just double checking reply whether Fox has uh, gotten to you or not um, if not we are under reasonable suspicion that he could be possessed by the Adolith and then firing nice good job thank you that was, that was pretty smooth I'm not sure if that was concise enough but a few seconds go by and then the message comes back from Zoth nah man I still haven't seen him I'm I'm looking out now about through the windows and stuff trying to see if he might be out there but I don't I don't see anybody in the woods okay well he, he hasn't seen him yet again, and I believe that he should have reached him at this point. I remember, I've, I, I think, if I remember the walk here away, correctly, yeah. then then that's been more than enough time. So, um, well, let's, that means let's, two things. One of two things. One is that that fox is, like, under some sort of control, right? Mm-hmm. Or something out there got fox. That... That also could be correct. And I feel as though it's possible. Well, here's here's what's tough. If that fox was un- if fox is under the control of the Aboleth, then perhaps he is expecting us to follow him at a certain point and has laid a trap for us. Mm-hmm. Um, in which case, that wouldn't it would. Then again, I'm not sure what other option we have besides springing said trap. Uh, in order to, to figure out what's going on here, um, 
or B, if Fox has gotten in trouble, then it is good to follow anyway. So perhaps I've kind of talked myself into a circle into, well, it may be just best to try to find Fox. And if we spring the trap, then we spring the trap. And if we don't, and he's, he needs help, then we did the right thing. Yeah, I can give you on that. Okay, well, then, let's be on our guard and uh, be ready to spring a trap. And I think we set out then to follow where Fox was headed. It doesn't take you long to find Fox. Hey, hey, give, give a man some privacy, will you? Just, just, just stop right it's there. It's been like 20 minutes, my guy. I, do you not see me behind the tree for a reason? All right? Uh, we, we'll give you some privacy. Uh, apologies. I'm just... Can't... Can't I just use the bathroom for once? I... I mean, have you had troubles going to the bathroom before? Not to get too personal, like, but... Is is this a changeling thing? Do you, like, only go once a year? Is this a cha- <laughs> no, I just... I, I, I just felt the sudden urge. I don't know if it's what we ate today, but, like, I, I, I'm, I've been sitting here. I'm just trying to take care of business, okay? You know, I keep telling you, you should just eat the desserts out of your rations. If you went back and ate those other half-opened rations, those things I, are going to go bad, man. But the desserts are so good. I, I don't want to hear you talking about dessert behind it from behind a tree. <laughs> All right. Hey, hey, point us in the direction of the kitchen. We're gonna go check it out. You just follow us. You like? I, I'll, I'll, I'll us catch later. up. I'll catch up. Yeah. And make sure you talk with Zoth. He's freaking out that uh, that you haven't come by and said hi yet. Uh, why did you, did you all message him? We just hey, wanted, you were gone for was, a while, yeah, and we thought like maybe there was like. Where, and I will bear that got you or something. It's mm-hmm. been like 10 minutes. No, it's been like 20. Oh, 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 okay, fair. But it's really hard to find a good spot out here, all right? Uh, no, no, no worries. No issues. We'll, and look, we'll go and back to the It's not even a good spot because you guys almost walked into me. We yeah, were, we were just making sure. Better. All right, well, I'll catch up. Just, we'll, just we'll go. Head, we'll head back to the, we'll head to the kitchen. You head back inside, cross the rainy gray surface of the keep, back to the main tower where you had your first fight with the Thief King. And instead of going up the tower like you did to chase him down, you go down the tower. There's only one floor beneath the surface, and that floor is the kitchens. So there's several big uh, stone ovens basically recessed into the walls, and then they have presumably chimneys or something that would go up to the surface through the walls of the tower itself. There are large wooden tables covered in a thick layer of dust where perhaps meals would have been prepared. There's a cellar off to one side that is completely devoid of anything. There's not even a door on it, but you know, there where there would have been barrels of apples and ales and things like that. But again, empty, thick layer of dust. No footprints, no handprints in the dust, nothing like that. But in the center stove, as Alan reported earlier, there, is, uh, there are some ashes on the ground there. And you can tell that they are fresh because in the other two, there are the like dusty remains of you know, what happens to ashes when they've been left for a long time, where it's more cobweb than substance. Mm. But here at the center, there is, um, it, it even feels a little bit warm to your hand. They're not glowing or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But you know, when you reach your hand and they feel a little bit warm. So these these must have been left overnight, um, or magically somehow kept. 
this way. Um, my guess would be more, though, uh, left overnight. Uh, whoever was using this area or cooking here um, must have been here yesterday. Hmm. Is there water coming down from the chimneys? Yes, there. I mean, just the, the little rainwater, not like a flow mm -hmm. of water or anything. But, you know, sure. the occasional drop plip plops down through yeah. the chimneys, and all three chimneys are that way. So there, there's also water falling onto these slightly warm ashes. I'm going to fire off a detect magic. Yeah, you are, and, and you're going to uh, detect some illusion magic. Fireplace. Uh, the rest of the room is, is non-magical. Uh, I, I missed the part what you said was illusory. The, the ashes in the fireplace are illusory. Hmm. Um, I'm getting some really big illusion vibes off of the these ashes in the fireplace. Hmm. Um, Interesting. Do you want to try to poke them from a distance, or...? Uh, that, that could be beneficial. Um, I could, uh, take a javelin, and, uh, <laughs> well, I don't know. Should we, how, how do we want to disturb them? Like, get I mean, as you could far just back use as this, we can? And, and Jeb walks up to the side of the oven, and there's, like, a big, long, one of those pizza paddles. Mm-hmm. Or, like, putting stuff into the oven. Yeah. yeah. You just slide that in there and poke okay. it in. Um, Alan will kind of step back step kind back. of as, yeah, yeah, as far away <laughs> as he can while still reaching the paddle in. And he'll just try to like, like maybe like scoop up the ashes, like kind of like get them onto the paddle and pick them up. Okay. I'm going to roll tension as you lift up the, uh, old dusty sort of ore looking, you know, pizza paddle. Mm -hmm. and this big cloud poofs up in your face and it, it's enough to make you sneeze, but it doesn't seem to have any like long-term effects or anything like that. You don't feel like mm. there was any mold in it this time around. Um, and then you slide it into the fireplace and it goes right through the ashes. And then as you expect resistance and are like pushing to scrape along the floor like you would, instead of scraping ashes, you hear a splintering crack and the whole bottom of it falls apart. It was a false floor. And looking down into it, you can see a very accurately hewn square tunnel extending off to the east, and you can't tell how far until you jump down. Mm. It is completely unlit at this time, so like all you can see is a little square that would be lit by the, the moonlight coming through the chimney, and even that's really dim because it's filtered through the storm clouds mm -hmm. and the rain. Interesting. At this um, point, Fox re-arrives. Hey guys, uh, find Holy anything? Cow. Um, Alan's gonna, Alan's gonna like do a thing where he like points at the tunnel and like simultaneously goes up to Fox and like whaps him on the back. Like just <laughs> like a, hey buddy, like we found this thing. Did you, did you need to do that? Was that, uh, was that necessary? Uh, I, I mean, just missed ya. I, okay. <laughs> we found this tunnel. Oh, well, that's good. Yes, it's I, a new I, thing I we're agree. trying now for the company. Congratulatory backslaps. Yes. Uh, very strong congratu congratulatory backslaps. I, I congratulatory I mean, backslaps is, a... is my polka band. Howlin <laughs> <laughs> is, uh, you know, it's definitely within his, weir his wheelhouse. So, you know. I, uh, all right. Well, uh, Tunnel. Tunnel's the important part here. Uh, yes, yes. It, it looks as though it extends east. However, we cannot see how far until we uh, dive in. east? Uh, yes, I believe. That That's the direction I told Zoth to look. 
to look, oh. look east. As far that was as where you, I heard that sound. You heard the thing coming from? Yeah. Yeah, but that was outside. Well, perhaps the tunnel leads to somewhere outside. I don't know. I just don't like coincidences, you know? Mm, like cardinal directions. Well, well, I, I, I don't. I'm with Fox on that. I, I believe that it, it could be cor like correlated in some way. I, I, I feel like there's like a five percent variance on the direction this tunnel is going and where I think I However, heard. However, all of that to say that I don't think that necessarily means anything besides well, time to investigate like we always do. And you know I'm, what I'm that just means? I'm going to be a little bit more cautious. That's you all. You know what that means? It means it's story time at the Wing Badger Tavern. We'll be right back. Ah. <sighs> Sinir, Gontos, Kotex, Awara. Long ago, the four ancients created a world in harmony. Then, everything changed when the chat emped magic. Only Kelnor, master of good vibes, could stop them. But when the world needed him most, he vanished. Two years have passed, and four adventurers have discovered a conspiracy, a company selling magic. And although their roleplay is great, they have a lot of XP to earn before they're ready to save anyone. But I believe they can save the world. Let's meet our characters for the evening. Hello, I'm Fox, played by the human Matt. I'm a rogue changeling. And tonight, I'll hopefully find another spot where I won't be interrupted to do my business. <laughs> Wash. I played Jibbidath Everment, the gunfolk. Uh, the gun. The gunfolk <laughs> mole wizard. That's so metal. Yep. He's a he's a he's a he's a gunfolk mole, mole oh. wizard. And I was gonna say something funny, but that that beat it. So there you go. That's what you get tonight. Hi, I am Jake. I play Alan Woodrear, the Azamar barbarian artificer. And I also wish I was a gunfolk in real life. That'd be awesome. <laughs> That's pretty amazing. And I am Josh, your Wing Badger Game Master. Uh, we're going to jump right back into tonight's adventure as you jump down into the tunnel uh, before you. Now that you've jumped down into it, those of you with dark vision, which is two of the three of you, can see that the tunnel stretches off mm -hmm. actually further than your dark vision reaches. So it is a straight line to the east, rough hewn, square corner, or not rough hewn, smoothly hewn, square corners. Like this is an intentional tunnel. Mm. And looking down it mm, to it the distance, dwarvish. the first thing that you notice is that about 50 feet away on the right wall, there is a big lever just like sticking out of the wall and it is currently in the down position. Um, mm. Further down from that, just at the very edge of your vision, you can see some kind of like dim shape thing, but in the dark, it's hard to tell. I mean, it could just be like a weird trick of the shadows, but it could also be some sort of structure. It is not moving, so you're confident it's not like a living creature or anything like that. Mm. And for, that for is Fox's what you benefit, Alan will cast light, which he, as an Azamar, has been able to do but um, because of the lack of magic previously, hadn't been able to do it. But because of the weave that we now have, Alan will just like cast light with his one hand and have his sword in his other hand so that Fox is able to see. Makes sense. Um, in, the, in the, I believe, 30-foot glow of your light cantrip, you are now able to see that the lever is a metal construction coming out of the stone wall. And it's a fairly simple lever in that like, it only has two states. It's just down or up. Mm -hmm. And um, coming out of the side of it, there are some hot wires like you saw back in uh, Tumbleweb. Like it appears to mm -hmm. be connected to some sort of 
power mm. structure system something it, it will do something when you flip it and unlike above where the keep seemed abandoned everything in here seems to be in really good shape this is like a mm. well-oiled lever there's no cobwebs on it no dust nothing like that so whatever it's meant to do you're pretty mm. sure it will work when you when you throw the lever to do it guys let me let me go ahead first because this place well, is looking a little too clean for me. Um, do you see anything way down there? Uh, just just a vague outline of something. I will say, in order for you to be able to see if you go ahead first, I will probably need to follow closely with you. Yes. Um, uh, just put, like, your hand on my shoulder and, like, tap me if you see anything I should stop for. Sure. Um, also, just, just like, a, not, to, not to sound accusatory or anything... You f are you are you okay, Fox? There's there seems to be just a little bit. I didn't, like you, you seem to be a bit off. I don't know, man. I think just a little on edge, you know. Is it? I, uh, it's, it's not really. No, the there's time no heights to... around here. No, no. It's, it's 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 nothing about that. And now it's not really the time to go through it. I mean, uh, I'll talk about it later. Okay. Okay. Let's just focus on not dying. Okay. To potential traps, which I will now search for, DM. Ah, with an investigation roll. Mm-hmm. And I rolled a beautiful two on the die. Um, <laughs> so that's a total of four. All right. Uh, you don't see any traps on the lever, but I mean, it's in such good shape. Like, it's hardly even worth looking at a lever like that for traps. I'm not... Seen anything that sticks out? Uh, mm. Is there any reason to flip it though? I don't necessarily know. I I'll believe you could make an arcana check on it using oh. your artificer skill to try and divine what it does. Oh, okay, Ooh. I will do that. When the when the DM hands you the uh, <laughs> what you should be doing? Yeah, no kidding. I'll, I'll take the freebie. Well, it's a use of the skill that he probably wasn't thinking about because he multiclassed into Artificer like a minute and a half ago. So, <laughs> One minute and a half ago. <laughs> yeah. Exactly one oh, minute and a half. Dang. Uh, I got a five on the die, which is uh, eight. Uh, you're pretty sure that the lever is connected to the lights. You think that there are probably some overhead lights in this tunnel hmm. and that the lever will trigger them. Uh, it seems as though this may be connected to a lighting system in this tunnel, um, which mm. I don't know if it would be beneficial to trip it or to flip it um, as to make our presence known if there happens to be anyone else in this tunnel, if that makes sense. I believe if it? we... <laughs> or flick it. Um, no, I, I, believe, uh, I believe if this is connected to a lighting system, it may be best not to switch it as to not to let people know that there are other people in this tunnel if this tunnel yeah. happens to be that long. Even though I'd really love to be able to see as far as you guys can right now, I 100% agree. That is understandable. Um, I will keep this uh, this dice, or this dice. <laughs> I will keep this light uh, cantrip cast uh, while we're in the dark so that you're okay. able to at least see somewhat. Just let's go slowly. Keep your ears out, all right? Okay. And um, so I guess we'll, we'll continue on towards the vague shape. Yeah, should I roll again for traps? Sure. As you continue your journey down the mysterious tunnel you found. I rolled up another beautiful number. <laughs> you know what they say is the loneliest number? <laughs> Three. 
It's one. <laughs> All right. I rolled a one. Um, you are just like so, it is so weird to have your vision stop 20 feet out or 30 feet out instead of it like fading like it normally does that you're having a hard time turning the shapes you see into information. And so you're like doing the best you can, but it almost, it's like your eyes are playing tricks on you. And so it's hard to really like scan closely in the cracks or the crevices. But as far as you can tell, there aren't any traps that are like immediately apparent. There's definitely no trip wires or anything like that. As you walk down the hallway after about 50, 60 feet, um, there are statues standing at attention along the sides, the left and right side in like a, an armor hall or a trophy hall would be. And these ones are standing like you'd expect where they have their hands basically clasped in front of their waists and then a sword point down touching the ground in front of them. Um, they are fully steel construction. So like the sword is part of the hand, is part of the arm, is part of, it's like all one piece. And um, they're all standing on little pedestals and Alan especially, like you kind of recognize the hallmark attention to detail and sort of stylistic engraving that was Makar's signature move when he was building things um, back oh. at the ALF tower. Um, he never built uh, anything on this scale when you knew him, but you know, even as a little tinkerer, he always had that, you know, he would spend months and months to get something perfect rather than doing uh -huh. it just good enough. And that's what these are. Alan will, will like, like while they're like kind of motion for a, a halt a little bit, like no no danger yet, but just he'll and then he'll quietly. Um, this these these statues are perhaps they may be golems of some some kind or potentially golems of some kind. Um, do bear the hallmarks of Makar's craftsmanship, at least from when I knew him. Um, so I would say continue to be on your guard. Wait a minute. We did. How did we open the trap door to get down in here? Uh, I, I accidentally opened it using a. Um, well, we saw that these those ashes that I spoke of were actually illusory, and um, I took one of the like food spatulas essentially and stuck it into the ashes, and then the floor okay. broke out from underneath it, and then that's how we found the tunnel. Okay, that's that's what I was looking for. Was the keyword broke? If Makar is using this place for any purpose. And he finds a broken trapdoor while we're still down here. Any chance of potentially hiding is going to be lost. Because then he'll know, right, that mm. somebody's been down here or is down here. Is there any way um, that we could repair it? Jeb, do you, do you have, like, could you repair it with any kind of magic thing you have over there? I can. Um, but it, w it would be more of like a well no actually no i can't actually repair the trap door mm. and i i, I also could, i could seal the door off either but it would be uh it would be a, a number three shell and i've only got a couple of those yeah i i get it and i'd have to use another one to get out to undo it well, that's something we need to keep in mind. Yes, we'll uh, just we'll just keep an eye over our shoulders, just watch our backs. That's because I I also would assume that that is not the only entrance to this area, if that makes sense. Like I'm sure, if this is Makar's doing, that he would have multiple ways to get here. That um, would be the safe way to make a place like this. So so he may not he may not find us from there. However, he may have reasonable suspicion to think that we would attempt to seek this out but we'll see um i believe right. just keep our keep our heads on a swivel and continue onward 
All right, God. you continue. What does that mean? Uh, it means uh, be ready to look out at any direction, um, like kind of keep yourself on your toes, similar to that. Uh, it's an expression that was used in my okay. basic training often. Um, I don't get it, but I'll just watch you and do what you it, do. It's this idea of like, you know, make sure you're you're able to look out at any direction at any time. You're always aware so that like in training, it was used so that like they would throw things on our heads while we were doing drills sometimes. And you want to be able to dodge that. Um, but anyway, I, I, I think he's trying to say like, Keep your eyes like an owl's, you know? Yes. Like 360 like, view. Yeah. Like, like don't move your eyes at all and only well, no, turn no. your head. Not, you, not, because not, owls not can't turn their eyes. Let's, let's, let's continue on. Okay. Like if, how much the head Makara turns. is following us, we're now giving him more I'll say, time. I'll take up the rear and now we'll watch behind <laughs> us. Okay, cool. That's all I will keep my eyes on a swivel. DM. Yes? What does the nat one apply to? Uh, the nat one applied to your search for traps. Uh, continuously or just in this until room? the next time that you do something okay. that would interrupt that search. You didn't actually stop be, um, at the statues. You just walked past them, and Alan made a comment on them. So you're, I'm assuming you're still basically searching as he does that. Yep. But yep. the next time that you stop or interact with something, you'll get another roll. So you continue uh, moving down the hallway until you finally, like, maybe another 120, 150 feet. You're probably out of the keep at this point, like, topographically. Um, right. You come to a old wooden door. Um, sorry, oak wooden door. Um, it is it is well constructed. It's thick. It's solid. Um, it has two metal cross beams that you know reinforce it. It's on well set hinges that have been anchored into the stone wall properly, and it has a big brass knocker in the center of it. And the brass knocker actually has some more wires coming out the side of it. Um, Fox, as far as you can tell, there are no traps on the door. I mean, I haven't seen anything yet that looks like. It's a problem, but it's got more of those wires. Anything you can see? Uh, can I roll Arcana for these Third as well, hand. or no? Okay, cool. Boop, -do -do, boop, -do -do. I feel uh, like I need to pick up some of that skill island. Like <laughs> that'd be really useful for looking it, for traps. It helps that I'm somewhat familiar with Makar's workmanship as well. I got a fifteen. You got a fifteen. Uh, it summons an elevation change machine when you hit the knocker. On that door. Mm. Um, in fact, you're pretty confident just based on the way the wires work and, and the way it's arranged and, you know, kind of peeking through the gaps in the wood. Like this door, you you think it opens onto a vertical shaft. Like there's nowhere else to walk until the mm. the elevator has been summoned. Um, so that's what, that's what this does. You also are fairly confident that there's some other function that you don't have enough pieces of the puzzle to figure out what it does. Like it, there's something that like, oh, this power is another thing, but I can't see the mechanism, the power, you know, it's like, this is the relay, okay. but then off in the distance somewhere would be other things. Okay. Um, it, it seems as though it's likely that there's an elevation change machine shaft, um, behind this, this doorway. Um, and this knocker summons the machine. Um, however, there's also this other wire here and like Alan will kind of point it out and stuff, um, that goes somewhere else that I'm not quite sure where that goes to. I, I, I think it could be i suspect it could be some sort of alarm um if you know there's some unwanted guest here summoning it um because i if i'm not mistaken as to what i think the purpose of this is makar is probably the only person that knows this is here and if he knocks and the alarm trips then of course he knows it's him um however if anyone else 
were to knock this and summon the machine, right, right. quite possible that then Makar would be alerted. I get you. Um, is there I'm any not way sh- we can open up this door without using the knocker then? Well, we could open the door. However, um, it would just be an empty shaft. There would be no elevation change machine to take us anywhere, if that makes sense. That never stopped us from going down before. This is true. Jeff's got a point. I'm, I'm not sure whether the machine would take us down or up. I, I do not know. Well, there's only one way to find out. Yeah, is, so can we try to open the door without summoning the machine? Or You can, but the door doesn't budge. Okay, interesting. Well, Are the then. hinges on the inside or outside? Hinges are on the other side from you. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> important details. It is important. Well, um, although there's no bar- burrowing through, this is like stone walls. Yes. Um, I, Do you think what's, if what's, we cut the wire? I, I think I, I was thinking about that. Um, what's tough is we don't know 100% whether it is an alarm. That's my suspicion. Um, there's a chance that perhaps the other wire leads to something that's actually necessary. Uh, to operate the machine or for another piece of the puzzle in order for us to get to where we need to go. What you could um, do if you decide to disable this is I'll let Fox roll a slate of hand to disable it with advantage because Alan is assisting him with his understanding of artifice, just so you know mechanically what you're looking at. I mean, okay. I, I just don't trust it. If, if you know that this one wire summons the elevator, I, I, I don't know what the purpose of that other wire is and I don't like it. If all we know, it could start like a little campfire downstairs that way by the time you get there you're ready to cook a meal i don't know (laughs) that's that's fair i i think if you if you want to uh do the hands-on of disabling it i i can help you i can guide you through it um and i think i think we'd be able to get it done fairly easily all right let's do it here goes nothing getting a die to the tension um what so what do I do with this wire, Alan? Do well, I? Well, I think I think if you want to, like, put a put a, a kink in it here, fold it a little bit here before. Should, so so cut cutting it here? here, yeah, cutting it here. I think, yeah, that would. All right, but not here. No, I think as long as you you cut the power here, I think that could do it. Because there's a point over here where it looks they get a little bit entangled, and it's hard to tell which is which. I don't want to take that risk. Necessarily. All right, that's a. 13 on the die for sleight of hand. Oh, you said on an advantage. Yeah. Never mind. That's a non-nat 20. There you go. There we go. Uh, You are able to very dexterously and with Alan guiding you, clip just the wire that he wants you to cut and you bind it back in a way where like it can't short together with the other wire Mm. and you hear no noises, you see no effects. So you you are fairly confident that whatever it did has been disabled. Well... Um, I think now it's, uh, only thing we can do is knock. Here's open. And I knock. You knock. The first thing you hear is a flickering noise as, uh, some kind of power echoes through the shaft. And then you eventually hear the rattling of something metallic moving towards you. It takes about a full minute for the carriage to make it to where you are. And based on the sound, you're pretty sure it came from beneath you. Mm. Um, Once it has pulled even with the door, 
the uh, wooden door in front of you unlatches and you are suddenly able to swing it away from you and step onto the carriage. It is a metal cart. Um, it's basically just a perfect, like, rectangular prism. Like, there, there's nothing, there are no imperfections in it. There's only one button. Like, there's just a go button, basically, in there. Mm. The go button is already glowing as though it's powered. Like, you don't need to put ciphers in or anything like that. You would just mm. push it, and it presumably would do the thing. Um, now that you're standing mm -hmm. in it, because it has a solid ceiling and floor, you can't tell if the shaft continues above or beneath you. Mm. Um, but again, you're pretty sure it came from down, so you, you think you're probably going to go back down when you hit the button. And that is the full situation. I only see one button. I think it's worked or too far now to go back. Come on, Jeb. Oh, I, I want to push uh, the button. Well, do, right. do the honors. You do the honors. All right. I flip my blunderbuster around and I bop it with the with the butt of my with the butt. You push the button and the elevator drops like a stone, boosh, falling down and down and down. It's almost <laughs> as if there was a break that someone disabled somehow. It zooms downwards for a, a solid while until it lands with a thunk, a huge slamming noise, and you feel all three of you in the ground, this depressed click as a pressure plate gets activated. Looking up above you, a pipe has opened in the ceiling and water begins gushing down towards you. Everybody roll a strength save to maintain your, your footing as the water slams into you and tries to knock you over. Wow. I rolled pretty good. 19. 10. 15. 15, all right. Uh, everybody except Fox holds their feet. Fox, you do not. What that means is that Jeb and Alan, you each have one round to do something before, like you, before the water is over you and you're not able to breathe. Fox, on the other hand, misses that one round, and so the water will, in one round in six seconds, have gone over your head. But because you lost your footing, it's like all you can do to just get your head back to the surface and like, and try and breathe through it. But it'll be too right. high. It'll fill the elevator. So Jeb and Alan, what would you like to do with your singular mm. action? Is there any, like, like what do we see in the, like, is there any way to get out? Is there any, like, sign of, like, water escaping anywhere? The ceiling above you has a big hole in it now where the water is okay. pouring through it, an intentional hole, like a, a thing that uh, is yeah. slotted open. And other than that, like, you can't really see anything else. So you would have to swim upwards through the torrent of water, basically. Like, you'd be fighting oh. against the downward push to get back to the pipe and close it, which is presumably the only way to stop this flow of water. Mm. All right, um, I have a question. How big is the hole? The hole is, uh, I mean, certainly big enough for Jeb to get through. I was thinking Alan could swim through it. So it's like a, a person size, like a five foot square. Okay, and how much water is in the in here with us at this time? Like we just bam hit the ground. Jeb has his footing. He's like, oh snap, water's pouring in. About right how now, much water is in here? Right now, there is enough water that it's up to Fox's waist, which would normally be over Jeb, except that you managed to jump on Fox, which is why he was not able to keep his <laughs> footing in the way. Like when he no. got knocked down, you were able to like, oh, get out of the way of him, and you're basically surfing on Fox now. Okay, so we probably only got one. Yeah. All right, I am going to cast uh, Shape Water. Okay. And I'm going to freeze the water coming out of the pipe so that it creates a plug and stops it for now. Got it. 
shape water takes effect. The water freezes exactly as you expect it to. Now, I'm right, assuming guys, with shape is... water, it's still there, right? Like you haven't cleared it away from the pipe because the new water would flow down, right? Because you can only control. Right, like I have made yeah. a plug and Got I'm like, it. all right, guys, this is going to last about an hour. We have some time to kind of make a plan here. That was <laughs> unexpected. Oh, sorry. Give let me help Fox get pull him up out of the water. Jeez. Well, actually, no. I just pat him on the head as he stands up because I would be underwater. You all right, Yeah, no, I just, you know, classic fall down a hole. Mm. You know. Yeah, so I'm brand. That, yeah, that does seem to be a reoccurring theme. Um, well. All right, right. We find a way out. Um, I started searching the door where the door was. Where the door was. So, yeah, like there's one side of this that basically is not a wall. Um, through that one side, you can see there's like a little teeny slit basically between the floor of the carriage and the wall itself. And the water is draining out of it very, very slowly. So like presumably mm. if you could shut the pipe off, the remaining water would drain and you would not drown. It's not like you're trapped in here and would die. However, there is no door there. When you kind of poke your head through the trap door at the top of the elevator, that five foot section that disengaged mm. to allow all the water to pour in, you can see that one elevator's height above you there is a, a wooden door where, you know, presumably if there were a brake still attached to the elevator, it would have just stopped on its own and you could have just gotten off. Um, so that's that's where you could leave. Other than that, there's just looking way back up, you know, five or six hundred shins. There's the other door that you just entered through. Well, um, is there any way to uh, we could attempt to tr boost ourselves up? I'm trying to think what's a way to get up to that door. Um, how Wait, far up is it? Is this through the like ice? One elevator's height mm. up. No, the pipe, like, it's like, I think that what the Josh is was describing, it sounds like, yeah, like, we can, like, scoot okay. around the pipe and get out of the top of the elevator, kind of. That's what um, I was confused about. Yeah. The yeah, pipe's okay. at the top of the elevator shaft. So the water is plugged, ah, like, up like at from the, top the very of top of the shaft. Got it. Oh, wow. Then, um, and then you have, like, this is... hole in the thing. <laughs> okay. I, um, I know about your spell range. The way that it was okay. originally designed is the pipe actually comes out of the wall and points it down. It just was a lot to okay. describe for this purpose, but yeah. Good to know. Good to yep. know. Well, um, then... We gotta try. Yes, yeah, I you mean... Wanna give me a ten finger? And uh, yeah. Me up there. Alan will hoist Fox up, or Fox or, and Jeb, or Fox or Jeb, probably one of, like one of the other, probably You are able Jeb to get first. them both out. You're a barbarian, Jeb's tiny, okay. and Fox is light. So, yeah, you lift and them so, both out through the hole, and then you can make an athletics check. Eh, don't worry about the check. You have plenty of time. So you pull yourself out through the hole as well. Okay. And so are we, uh, we're, so are, we're, are we just standing at the top of the elevator now, or are we yeah, actually you are standing on top okay. of the elevator carriage. And then okay. another full carriage height above you is the floor. So, like, you need to go basically okay. a full Allen height to get to the next section. So you could boost well, the others, um, yes. but then you'd have to climb up it. Well, I mean, if that's... Repeat the process? Yeah, I mean, let's do it again. All right, you do that. And now, Fox, uh, you are standing on the inside of an oak door. The pins are on, like, the hinges are on your side of the door, but it is shut. Okay. Um, does it look like it will move on its own, or do I have? Or is it locked? 
Uh, it looks like, as you examine it, it looks like there is a, a piece of the wall behind you, like opposite the door, that perhaps is meant to get triggered by the elevator. Like there's a little thing you could push. And so if you're able to push that in, the door will swing away from you. But mm. when you let go of it, the door swings shut. So you do need to find a way to have it depressed while you are looking at, you know, just sit insulted, I guess, keep it depressed while you're looking at the door. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Okay. So that switch over there most likely triggers this door. Either we say screw the switch at this point, because we've already busted the elevator and we just go ahead and just take the door off the hinges, you know, classic hinged off the, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Either we do that or we find some way to keep that stone over there uh, pushed in. What do you think? Let me oh. look at options here. I'm thinking about what I have on me, but I don't think I have anything long enough. You didn't well, keep that pizza paddle with you, did, did you, uh, Alan? Uh, no, I did not. Uh, didn't think that there would be any more need for pizza. Mm. I got a um, crowbar, but it, I, it's not obviously it's not long enough. But it's about the longest kind of pole thing I have. I have a decently long uh, wingspan. Um, As long as like, well, I'm trying to think of how to keep it open because I can I boost you up, and then need to like hold it. Yes, it needs to be held down. That's the problem. Oh, I'm I'm just gonna I'm just gonna take the door off the hinges. Okay, I'll just fly. It's okay. Well, if you can fly and keep the and keep it uh, held open, then you can keep it held open for Fox and yeah, for me. I'll I'll just I'll take care of it. I got. Oh, it. okay. Yeah. No. Okay. Um, and I'm going to use the uh, the amethyst. Okay. I'm going to burn a single charge of the amethyst and cast fly on myself. It's good for ten minutes. And I will just whoop, just Jeb just kind of like levitates up. He's like, he's not on the uh, on flying on his blunderbuss anymore. Yeah. Um, and you just kind of like, oh, this is this is weird. <laughs> <laughs> you too, okay, Jeb? No, no, this would be no. And like his 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 legs kind of like paddle a little <laughs> bit because he, he, like, he doesn't really. <laughs> and uh, I didn't just get up. Is this one here, right? Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That one. Okay. Yeah. And I press it. You press in the um, button in the wall, and on the other side, where Fox is, the door swings open, and Fox, you are able to just step through. I step through. And, and so then you do. Um, Alan will, will do the, if you need me to do a roll athletics, I can, to get up there. and. Nah, you, you make it. Okay. You got it. Uh, you, Alan. Fox, could you, could you give me the, uh, the, the crowbar? Uh, yeah, sure. Let me just um, so Alan can... Alan will grab the crowbar and he has a pretty long wingspan as him being like the tallest member of the group. Um, Can he like reach around the doorway and like press the crowbar against the thing or is it too far away? You can do that, but you would have to be like you are hanging over the gap basically. Mm. So like you have one hand hooked on the edge of the door and then Uh you are kind of extended out, which will make it you'll have to roll a save to get back in before the door closes on you. What kind I, of I have an, I have an idea though. I, I oh, think okay. we're okay. Okay. Um, I'm gonna. Down. I'm going to uh, go back down yep. and fill up my water skin with some of the water. Okay. 
and go up and pour it, like push the switch in, and I'm going to cast uh, Shape Water and freeze it pressed in. Um, is shape I water... should be able to keep two of these effects. You're going to cast this spell multiple of times. You can have no more than two of its non-instantaneous effects active at a time. Cool. That's what I was just checking, is if you needed concentration. So, yep, that works just fine. And you shape the water to basically push in with its little water weight. And now you are able to, everyone gets through the door, door swings shut behind you, and it's no big deal. Um, now that, that switch, we got an hour, and then it's going to close. Mm. So, thinking about that now, Fox, if you want to pull one of these doors off the hinges... Um, we probably should have just done that anyway so we can get out of here. I'll go ahead and start on that. You go ahead and start on that. In the meantime, the other two of you, Owlin and Jebediah, you turn to look further down the tunnel, which is now heading west, right? So you got, you traveled east to get in the elevator, you now oh, left and are looking back west towards the keep. And it stretches out 30 feet from you before it widens to be 15 feet wide instead of 5 feet wide. And the on on each wall again there are three more of those statues standing at attention mm. those really precise metalworked statues um each of them has the the sword pointed into the ground and stands on a pedestal just like the ones above beyond them is a triangular room where you are standing on one flat side it's an equilateral triangle so you're standing on one flat side and then ahead of you the room comes to a point you know the point is directly ahead and each way off of that extends into something, but it's hard to see because your view is obscured by a strange mist that glows mm. with kind of an ambient dim gray. It's almost as if there's just a steady ambience in there, like a magical ambient light rather than overhead lighting or anything like that. And it kind of creates the effect of like high beams and fog does for humans, where it's like, um, it, it's like a, just sort of a glowing white nothingness that occasionally has some texture. And that's mm. what that's what's beyond both doorways. And there is no other access from this area. You can either go back to the elevator or go into one of the two directions. Mm. Those statues are weirding me out, Alan. I got a really bad feeling. About I, I agree. I um, think it's possible that they may... Um, be animated at some point before we leave this uh this area well the thing is is like i feel like there are probably some sentry guards but i also feel like if we tamper with them we might alert them like maybe if we just keep a low profile that'll be the best option i, I thought we were doing good by cutting that one wire but we ended up making more trouble for ourselves, and i'd hate I, to do that with these things i agree i i think that um more meddling when we simply suspect something rather than uh, we shouldn't cutting that wire was a risk that I now realize we probably shouldn't have taken so it's uh I think we're at a point where we shouldn't provoke more than we need to but um we may end up just triggering something of uh, that that's set to be triggered and we'll see what the consequences of that are at this so. point Fox you have finished with the door more meddling when we simply suspect uh, something is a name of one of the Jebediah Peppermint Chronicles. All right, guys. So what are we looking at here? Uh, I think we should uh, try one of these doorways, I guess, or hallways. Um, I don't think we should split up. I think mm. we should all go down the same one and uh, see what's what's beyond it. I don't I don't see in really many other choices. DM. Yep. 
does does the mist smell? Does it have a smell to it, or does it feel like water vapor? Uh, the mist does not feel like water vapor. It actually has no smell. I think there's something magic about this. Uh, yes, I, I figured as much. But that means... Oh. That means one of... Th- three things. I... I get what you're saying now. This is either... That means... This is either yeah. Wingle Digits, or the rod, or... Or his rod. Mm, yes. I'm gonna... I'm gonna turn the rod off on Big Boy. You turn the rod Does off... anything... No, the mist stays. Okay. Well... Turns it back on. So it's then, not mine. That means it's either Wingle Digits, or... Hmm. I think, uh... Do we want to try left? You guys are the magic guys. So I'm going to trust whatever direction you pick. Well, here's the thing. You're right. Uh, yeah, let's go left. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> you guys decide to go left. And stepping into the labyrinth, behind you is obscured by the mist almost as quickly as in front of you becomes apparent mist fills in the gaps behind you and almost swirls around you not quite as if it's following you but certainly as if it's constantly rolling with motion you only have about five feet of visibility in any direction even um, with uh with a light like a light cast or anything like that your light cast actually makes it worse like because the room is full of haze okay. so basically it's just catching on all of the haze i'm going i'm going to use the last couple minutes of my fly and i'm going to fly up is there a ceiling in here? There is a ceiling, and it's only a little ways above you. So it's, you know, 10 feet tall, basically. Um, so this is this is a tunnel like the one above you, except that it is now part of this sort of mist-filled labyrinth. You stroll along for a little while, and you realize, like, the path is curving this way and that. You see different splits to the left and right. You find all sorts of different options for you to go down you hit several dead ends and are forced to turn back i'm going to add a die to the tension pool as you spend time meandering the labyrinth and uh eventually you come to another one of those wooden doors it's got you know a knocker on it just like the one above did um it has some little wires coming out the side of it and um you can Neither also the turn wires back are and cut. go other ways none of the wires are cut no <laughs> Can I have done a thing? Which thing? While, while we were going through the labyrinth. What'd you like to do? Um, I'd like to pull out the bar of soap that I bought back okay. at the bazaar. And um, I would like to just scratch arrows onto the ground, like on the left corner, bottom left corner of the passage, just like of which ways we went um, so that should we need to get out we can follow that backwards. Mm. Sure. So you've been writing little um, arrows on the ground for you to follow and maneuver with. I'm going to clear the tension pool, and then we're going to figure out what you do with the door. Okie doke. Um, I need everybody to make a dexterity save. Oh boy. You heard me. Dexterity save. Oof. Great. 11. Seven. I'm not having a good day today. 
No, you're I, not. I got a rare high dexterity roll for a 17. Ooh. I got for Fox. Hear me out for Fox. Not this for is Matt, a very rare roll. Uh, nat one again. <laughs> Dang. Okay. Um, Fox, take a d8 of damage. You may roll it. Jeb only takes a d4 of damage. Ellen takes no damage. As you are walking, you go around a corner and you're sort of tagging, you know, right hand rule on the wall to keep your place, and something scratches you. And it's just a, it's a very shallow scratch, but Alan, you notice because you hear the little whir of gears before it happens and you're able to like pull your hand off the wall. You registered just a hair too late that whatever scratched them seems to have taken a sample of their blood and vanished back into the wall of the labyrinth. That, uh, not to, not to worry anybody. Um, What's that? That Jesus. was something, I, my guess is some sort of artifice designed to take samples of our blood. Uh, for, that's worrying. For what uh, purpose, I do not know. Excuse me? Uh, actually, can Alan roll something to see if he can uh, sure. discern roll what purpose that could be? Okay. That's a good first roll. Okay, second roll. Uh, that's 13. Alright. With your 13, you are not sure what purpose it could specifically be used for, but you know that mm. a lot of divination magic requires, like, something of the the targets. You know, like a lock of hair or a sample of blood or something like that. This is likely to do with some sort of divination magic, um, and I believe it's now more than safe to assume that Makar knows we are here. Or at least someone knows we are here. Oh. What? That's, that's great. With my blood. Yeah. Right. Um, well, uh, I, th I think now that we're at this door, I, I think that we maybe have learned our lesson from last time, and it's just time to knock. No, no shenanigans <sighs> about it. I'm going to check it for traps. Okay. <laughs> this time, well. you do think the second wire <laughs> is an alarm. <laughs> I rolled a 12. Okay. Um, you rolled a 12. You're checking over the door for traps, and you see something that looks a little off to you, and you reach out to kind of get a better sense of what it is, and you kind of poke it, and it adheres hmm. to your hand. Um, oh. You find your hand stuck to oh, the no. door, and about a half Alan, second later, like about a half second later, the mimic attacks you and oh. uh, leaps forward. These teeth just materialize out of the knocker of the door. Oh like the knocker God. swings up, teeth sprout out of it, and the door falls towards you and tries to take a big chomp out of you. This is its surprise round. Because of that, uh, I'm going to just have it roll, and then we'll do initiative and get you into combat. Uh, Fox, does a 14 hit you? Um, No. All right. It falls towards you. And you are able to, like, basically yank your neck back to, like, get out of the range of the chomping teeth, but your hand is still stuck to the door. This means you are effectively grappled. Um, in order to escape, you'll need to make an athletics or acrobatics check with disadvantage from the mimic. Everybody may now roll advantage. You mean initiative. <laughs> initiative. That's what I meant. Yes, initiative. <laughs> wow, like you guys advantage. almost that lucked sounds out. great. Yeah, you're like the people who told the teacher about the homework. Dang. <laughs> um... Yeah, go ahead and roll initiative. I got an 18. A 25. I got a four. 
All right. Alan, you've not been doing so well with your initiative rolls. I have a minus one to initiative, so that doesn't help. And, okay, it got a nine, so it only goes before Alan. So that's top of the round. That brings us to Fox. Fox, you have 30 seconds. I'll tell you when it ends, and you'll have 10 seconds to act. So if you want to ask questions, you can. Uh, do I starting now? Yeah. Oh, um, I'm going to go ahead and just try to remove myself, ungrapple. Okay, so that's your um, ac- athletics or acrobatics, whichever you choose. Uh, we're going to do acrobatics. Mm-hmm. Escape DC is 13. Uh, that d- doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. You get one? I rolled another one. You rolled another one, dude. You are not doing so well. Um, as you try to pull yourself free, the door like actually falls onto you a little bit, and you take a d4 of damage. Ooh, four points of, of bludgeoning damage as the door just full weight falls upon you. And that brings us to Jebediah's turn. Jeb, you've got 30 seconds, and I will tell you when it ends today. in case you need... I crank up the uh, crank up the blunderbuss and shoot a uh, an iridescent orb that kind of like looks like it's chromatically shifting. And it hits him, and he needs to make a constitution saving throw. Yeah, he does. DC 14. DC 14 constitution save. Well, that's a nat 1. I'm going to roll. I don't even need to roll again, but I did. He confirmed his nat 1, so he definitely screwed up. What happens okay, to him? Okay, that is, uh, I'm using my momentary stasis on him to slow his time down. Okay. Uh, he is incapacitated and has a speed of 0 until my next turn. Got it. And I'm just going to say, Alan, I've got him frozen. Just hit him hard uh, that brings it to the mimic's turn where it does nothing because it's incapacitated <laughs> with a speed of zero which brings us to Alan's turn 30 seconds Alan is gonna use his newly gained extra attack from being a level 5 barbarian now and he's just gonna hack at it uh, with his great sword which I another question I never asked is his scimitar of speed now attuned from that one session where I was gone and I basically spent some of it like practicing with it or sure. is it not yep. quite attuned okay yeah uh, I don't know how the scimitar of speed works yet so I'm gonna learn that later but right now great sword okay um, uh, so two hacks with the great sword gonna roll those one of them is a 17 the other one is a uh, 15. All right, 17 and a 15. Both of those hit. Sweet. Roll damage. Let us do it. Let us roll the damage. Okay, this one is uh, seven. One of the attacks does seven plus three damage is 10 damage. Okay. And then the other attack does uh, only five damage. All right, so you do 15, so 15 points damage of damage, yep. and chat has granted a boon, so you can take another turn right now. You just hit it again. Oh, if you want. sweet! Wow. I'm gonna I'm gonna hit it again twice again. Yep. Basically, just taking big advantage of that stasis. So one of them is a 16, one of them is a 10. Okay, only the 16 hits. Okay. Uh, seven damage. Seven damage. Great. And that brings us to the top of initiative order, which is Fox's turn. Fox, you have All 30 right. seconds. I am pulling out uh, Shadow Walker, and I am gonna stab this thing and try to get it to remove me that way. The thrill of battle is upon me. Uh, you may attack with Shadow Walker. Go ahead and roll to hit with disadvantage because your one hand is stuck to it. I think the mimic is upon you. All right. Well, um, <clears throat> that's a uh, a ten. 
Okay, you attack and you are not able to connect properly, but you also have this running monologue in your head of like, no, no, you need to angle it this way. No, you're doing it wrong. You got to, I, the grip I, is all wrong for close quarters combat. You need to switch, switch to a backhanded. And it's like, yeah, it's making it hard for you to focus. Jebediah, you have 30 seconds. Jeez, Shadow Walker. Um, so at, at the beginning of my turn, the chromatic field around the mimic holding it and like starts to fizzle out and I'm going to use it again and just like crank it up and like try to maintain it so he needs to make another constitution saving throw. DC 14. Uh, he got a 7. It's got to be a 14 so he is still like it's like starts to fizzle out and sputter and as he as he fights against it and then it firms up and I'm just like come on guys we gotta like Foxy, get out of there. I'm I can trying. Only this one more time. And that brings us to Alan's turn, since the Mimic is completely incapacitated for this whole fight, I guess. Uh, sucks okay. to be him. Uh, Alan, what you gonna do? Alan is gonna sheath his greatsword and finally pull out that scimitar of speed. And with, with a, a speed that is obviously magical and not natural for Alan's like giant hulking physique, he's gonna do three attacks. Okay. <laughs> Um, so here we go. Let's roll 3d20. <laughs> uh, one of them is an 11. Another one is a 16 and another one is a 19. Okay. Uh, the 16 and the 19 hit. Okay. So that is total damage is going to be six plus 10, which is 16. So 16 damage. All right. 16 damage. You slice into it a couple more times and it shudders and little splinters of wood come off and turn back into some sort of gray alien flesh as they fall to the floor and smoke. But it is still there, still grappled to Fox. As we get back to his turn, Shadow Walker says, try again, but better. Oh. All right. All right. Backhanded. Here we go. It's all in the wrist. Is this still at disadvantage? Yes. I just hit the mic, sorry. Um, I got a better roll that time. I got a uh, 12 plus 6. I just, my brain short, 18. 18. Okay, that's enough to hit. Since you are trying to escape by using your sword, um, roll damage and divide it by 2, and we'll say that instead of, like, getting the perfect hit, you use the sword to, like, pry yourself off. So damage minus two? Damage halved. Damage halved. Divided by two. Someone didn't do math. (laughs) Six. Six Six damage. Okay. You finally pry your hand free and like do a, a nifty little combat roll backwards as it topples to the ground and switches back into basically this gray roaring something. It's only about as tall as Jeb is, but it's mostly fangs. It's just this big gaping maw looking towards you. Um, and that brings us to Jebediah Peppermint's turn. Are you going to try and keep it um, frozen again? I can't. Um, no, I'm going to uh, I'm going to back away from it a bit. Okay. And, uh, and I'm going to cast uh, Ray of Frost. Okay. Uh, that's a, um, that's a that's ranged a me attack. attack. Yeah. Yeah. It's AC is 12. Um, got a 21 to hit. <laughs> That's higher than a 12. Yep. And 2d8 cold damage. 
so that's six cold damage against it, and its speed is reduced by ten okay. until the start of its next turn. So it like it just like with this big beam of ice. Normally he's been using like the big the big shattery poof of icy cloud that people have to dodge away from, but this one he like twists the barrel and focuses it down almost like a laser, and just like and it like streaks across it and makes these ice crystals like freeze up around it. Got it. Cool. Um, it's going to use its turn to polymorph into stone and attempt to hide on the floor in front of you. Um, mm, it's going to roll stealth at disadvantage, and each of you is going to roll a normal perception check to see if you can still see it. It got a 17. So that's the Ooh. number to beat. I got an 18 on the die. Nice. Fox. I would say Alan got, I think, total a... Oh gosh, uh, plus two to uh, 21, Math. sorry. I got a 13, but I have advantage on smell checks. Can I try to smell this stinky little guy? <laughs> I don't think so. Okay. Um, he's trying to use the like mist to obscure himself and hide in the distance. That's and because fair. he's shape changing, like, you know, it's all sensory anyway. So yeah, so Jeb, you lose sight of him, but the other two of you still can see where the, the mimic is. And that oh, brings no, us to no, Alan's turn. Alan, you have 30 seconds. Alan's just going to hack at the floor where the <laughs> where the mimic is with the scimitar of speed. <laughs> Three times. I just imagine like the mimic's like, yes, I'm on the floor. No one will. Right. And then just Alan's just like, bah, 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 bah. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so I got a dirty 20, a 26, and a 15. Alan uses his Holy final heck. smash on the mimic and just <laughs> slices into it three times. Uh, it only has eight hit points. You kill it. So you are able to firmly destroy. It looks at first like he's chopping up one rock into smaller rocks, Jeb, <laughs> until each of those rocks wilts back into the sort of gray, like sludgy, fleshiness, and then fizzles away into vapor. And then there Alan, was like, Alan holds the scimitar of speed up and just kind of looks at it. It's like, I honestly did not know what... Uh, this kind of speed felt like, but this is quite uh, helpful. I'm kind of good on Thank you. Been working out, Alan. Like, geez. Uh, I wish that were the case. It is in fact uh, magical. Plus, the style of workouts that I do generally reinforce strength oh, I, rather than agility. I knew agility. it was magical. I I wasn't complimenting you on your your working out ability. Oh. Uh, um, well, it was it was supposed to be like a a, a joke because I'm it's still obviously better. magical. This was all you. <laughs> Shadow Walker, it's okay. Jeez, I know I messed up. Sorry, Shadow Walker was just—he's uh, a little upset how I handled oh, that. Your so. sword insults you now. I, he didn't insult me. He just felt Don't like lie, it was an insult. You sucked. <laughs> he he just felt like he's better than, than whatever sword you got. Well, I mean, to be fair, he does seem to have sentience, which is quite interesting. I, I would say in that aspect, your sword is much uh, more intriguing than my sword. Uh, however, I found my sword to be very handy in this situation, yeah, while, while it seemed as though your sword was not necessarily uh, as much of a boon as mine in this situation. Not to say that it's not necessarily a boon in other situations. Yeah, you uh, know, but... sometimes maybe it just needs to, you know shut up and let me think <laughs> well if don't don't let it get talking negative to you if, if it ever gets you down just tell it it's blowing smoke oh no it's fine <laughs> well right uh, shadow walker guess... oh it's okay he's being quiet he's giving you the the cold shoulder i guess now. uh mm. 
Well, um, in that case, I, I mean, love you, buddy. <laughs> I think I think it's just time just to continue forward. <laughs> no, no, the sword. Oh, the first time I hear you say the L word, and it's to a weapon. Interesting. <laughs> I, I, okay, that's fair, fair enough. That, that, that does fit uh, with. That's, that's fair. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's let's continue on. This sort of strange, misty, mazy something. I would like one of you to roll a survive, survival check to orient yourself directionally to try and figure out which way to go as you continue moving forward. If Fox wants to do that, I'll do it instead. And what? Because <laughs> he's been rolling so low. <laughs> That's pretty got funny. This, I'm not Chad. even trained in it, and I got a plus zero. But I, I, I think I can handle it. You know, it's, it's, just, it's like okay. the old left hand roll, right? Yeah. Jim just crosses his, his, his arms and just like I'm I'm ready <laughs> following it's, you pub it's the it's the left hand roll you just stick to the left wall and you, you eventually make it out of these right mm, yeah okay uh what am I rolling survival yep that normally applies to like hedges mm. because of the way that they grow you know you can build walls in whichever way you want but you know that's you do you so if you think about it oh on no a scale <laughs> of one to ten, yeah, mm-hmm. and nine's really good. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Unfortunately, That's it's a 10. scale of one to twenty. I'm gonna add two tension die to the tension pool as you get completely turned around, walking and adventuring. Jeb has been leaving soap marks on the ground, so you yeah, know which way say. is backwards. But that also means that you can tell that you're crisscrossing over the path you've come from as you meander around the labyrinth. I it doesn't, pull, it doesn't I, I, particularly I help you with any forwards. I just ignore it and um, pretend that I know what I'm doing. All right. Well, then you continue walking for a little bit longer. Fox still acting like he knows what's going on. Uh, <laughs> another hour goes by, which brings us to four die in the tension pool. And uh, Alan, you hear something weird. Um, nobody else hears it right at first. Only Alan, who's, um, I guess, just happens to, to notice the particular sound. It is uh, almost like like a, a metal thunk, thunk, thunk. Like a ka-ching, 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 ka-ching. Like that, but way off in the distance. Does it sound familiar in any way? It doesn't sound familiar like something you've heard before, but um, it does. Well, okay. You know what? It sounds a little bit familiar. It sounds like um, soldiers' boots walking on the floor. Alan will halt the group, like signal for everyone to halt, and like give like ear, like you know, point to the ear, and kind of like see if anyone else can hear it. Each of you is now able to hear it. What is that? that sounds like the biggest Pez dispenser walking thing that I've ever heard. Um, you know, I think it, that's a great description. It sounds like soldier's boots. My suspicion is that um, it may be the automatons or um, uh, animated statues um, that we saw earlier. Okay, well, I think now's the time for me to tell everybody I, I don't know where we're going. Um, uh, I, we figured as much. I mean, I've been writing the soap marks on the ground, and I was wondering why you weren't paying attention to them. But yeah, we've crossed back across a couple of them. I noticed. I just hoping nobody else noticed. Uh, but obviously, you have. I'm so. literally drawing them. How can I, I not notice? Them? 
I've only got like half a bar of soap left. I, I, you know, all right. I don't know if this is now the time to be arguing this. I think we needed to come up with a plan. Do we attempt to avoid the soldiers? Should should lead the way. Uh, I can do that. Uh, I can block. Well, oh no, we've we've looped around a couple times, haven't we? This hasn't been a straight path. Okay. I was going to say, I could block off the path behind us, but I don't think I can do that anymore. Um, wow, isn't the door Because there's probably multiple locked? paths. No. Never mind. I think... No, uh, there, was a, there was just the mist opening between us do, and do, them. Does the sound sound like we're going towards them or like they're coming towards us? Like, what's... No, it just sounds like they're walking somewhere out in the labyrinth. It doesn't sound mm. like they're walking towards you in particular. Well, I guess... Uh, I think right now I can take charge of leading us and I can attempt to steer us hopefully away from those from from the boot sounds and uh, just keep leading us the correct way but avoiding them I think that's probably the best move going forward yeah let's go I don't see any other way we need to make progress because these things probably know this labyrinth yeah does Alan need to roll survival to, to start leading yes please 14. 14. I will not add a die to the tension pool, which is lucky because we're up to five. Um, Alan begins leading the way, and this time you at least don't cross over the path that was behind you. It's still a meandering, twisting sense, but you are just kind of, I don't know, following your gut, making good guesses, whatever. You sort of, you don't run into any dead ends for a while. Um, you do, after a little while, come across a, a section of space where, like, in the distance in front of you, the mist changes color. Um, it's been this dim gray sort of whitish ambient looking thing for the whole time. Now it is a swirling yellow in front of you. You haven't stepped into the yellow mist yet, but there's like a, a small patch of swirling yellow ahead of you. And that's what you see. This must be right. directly under the tree that Fox was taking care of <laughs> up top. <laughs> I was about to say, Mom always said, you know, white snow is fine, but don't don't eat the yellow snow. Yeah. And I, I assume the same is for mist. I I mean, I don't. There's there seems to be an equally like a toss up between this being something dangerous, like a trap, or what exactly what we're looking for. How is it exactly what we're looking for? The rod could be within the yellow mist. I think we should test the yellow mist. That's fair. Um, I'm gonna look around here. Do I see any pebbles? Nope, smooth like floor. Loose, smooth floor. Well hewn. Um, you know what? Here, I'm gonna pull out a ball bearing. Okay. And uh, toss it into the uh, yellow mist. The echo of the ball bearing hitting the smooth hewn stone floor. <laughs> reverberates throughout the cavern. Um, well, the labyrinth, I should say. Uh, nothing in particular seems to happen to the ball bearing, which, you know, rolls on out of sight. You can only see a little way forward anyways. Well, if the ball bearing were bright, would it be able to, uh, like, if it were lit with light, would we be able to see it for a longer distance through the mist? I mean, maybe a tiny bit longer, but not very much, because it's just mist. What if it made a sound... You could maybe hear it further away because you could hear it, you know, dinking off the ground as it bounced away from you. Alan will, uh, uh, do you have any more of those bearings? Yeah, I got tons of them. 
Yeah, Alan I got a will... too. Can can I can I have one? Uh, sure. How many you I'll, need? I'll just just one. Um, Alan will take one out and uh, get out his art his uh, artisan's tools and fiddle with it a bit until the um the ball bearing is just letting out a humming noise like a like just like a, an even pitch that can be pretty easily heard um and the idea of it is well I, I think if we throw it in and as long as it continues to hum we could see that you know perhaps probably no harm has come to it nothing magical has happened to it at least we can somewhat reasonably assume that are we um, not so worried about to hear it. the the fact that it's uh you know, people in the labyrinth and automatons looking for us. Uh, I do you think the sound we're track do it, Alan. We're, we we're need not more ne- information about this cloud. I, I agree. And also we're not necessarily trying to be stealthy at this point. We're just trying to avoid them. All right. Um, we've we're talk we're speaking as we're, as we are right now. So I don't think it could do any more harm than that. So Alan will toss the humming ball bearing into the into the mist. Toss the humming ball bearing and it. As we can't, we can't hear you. you. Discord. Um, yeah, you got it. Got, yeah, but okay. the stream can hear okay. me. So, you know. Oh, okay. Chill. <laughs> um, it bounces away from you, and you can hear the sort of sign tone bouncing off of it off into the distance. And it doesn't seem like the mist did anything to it. But after a little ways, you do hear a stomp and a crushing of uh, like a small metal thing getting crushed, and the sound abruptly goes quiet. Hmm. Well, I think we should be very quiet. Does the do we hear this like stomping, uh, like the the the, the boots no, walking? No, not anymore. Okay, interesting. Well, it seems to me somewhat likely that uh, our enemies are probably just beyond the Elamist or in the Elamist. You know what? Ball bearings are metal. So I dig out a food ration and I go ahead and throw that into the yellow mist. The like ration, a chunk of meat. Yeah. The, like a little chunk of meat. Because you've only eaten the desserts, so you have plenty of those. Yeah, so the, right. the little chunk of meat that you throw into the mist, it begins almost seizing up in midair as soon as it touches the mist and the mist begins to like permeate into it and it gets filled with these sort of greenish black lines that like spread throughout it and then it falls to the ground just like completely flat and decolored except for these thorny gray lines that are running through it i'm gonna pull out a length of rope yep and form it and like tie it into a lasso real quick i'm gonna throw it on top of it and try to pull it out of the out of the mist i'm gonna add a die to the tension pull for the time you guys are spending which is the sixth die, so I'll roll that as soon as I tell you what happens. You pull the uh, meat back out of the mist, and it is exactly the same once it's to you. It also smells rancid now. Like, it's gone way, way bad. Does it... What what would I need to roll to determine if it has been poisoned or if there has been some sort of time advancement and it has been aged? Medicine for poison, arcana for time. I'm going to roll Arcana first. Okay, I'm going to roll your six tension. Eleven Arcana. Uh, Okay, it has not been advanced in time as far as you can tell. Well, I think it's safe to say that we do not want to go through the yellow mist. I think it's time to backtrack and find another way. I agree. 
If this is poison, I have something for it. Hmm. How so? Well, let me let me see. I pull into my little my brown paper bag that I have like my soap and all of my other goodies and stuff in. Okay. Um. And I pull out my uh, Thecky root. Okay. Um. This thick marsh root tastes bitter, but it is thought to aid digestive health. When you use an action to consume a dose, you gain advantage on saving throws against effects of poison or toxic substances for eight hours. Mm. Um, yeah, you just kind of chew it up and it makes you uh, more sturdy against against poison. Mm. That Now, that I know it. the clock is ticking, right? But I, I prepared... Um, what is it? I prepared rope trick. So if we need to dip while there's dangerous stuff, we can we can dip for a little bit. So just as he finishes that. saying that, you hear from somewhere off in the labyrinth, you hear somebody yell, No no, no wait! And then you hear this huge noise, and the whole ground shakes underneath you, and then there's another ringing silence that stretches out. Was that a person? That was a person speaking. What fell, I am not sure. Starting to think they're not a person anymore. More like a corpse from the sounds of that. Jeez. Giving it a little bit longer as you're talking to yourselves, you hear in the distance, all right, form up. We can do this. Remember your training. And then a little while later, you hear the shing of swords being drawn. And then again, another. They're not. They're fighting something else. Is that, um, DM, is that coming from the other side of the yellow mist or behind us or? Somewhere. It's reverberating around. Right. It's far um, enough away that you can't tell which distance it is. So it's not like immediately next to you. You know what, screw it. It's, uh, it's, uh we need to get going. Uh, Jeb, give me some of that, that shoeing stick. I will also take some. It. Okay. And I hand them all a, a piece of the root. Just chew it up really good. You want to get the saliva so that it's like juicy. It'll it'll work in your stomach later, but that kind of kickstarts the process. Okay. All right. I'm gonna well, go ahead and shove my hand in there. Uh, make a well, just your hand. Yeah, yes. just to test the waters. Uh, nothing happens. Mm. High five. High five. All right. <laughs> and I just walk in. Constitution save. <laughs> yeah. Which you now get to make with advantage. Yep. Yeah. It is a poison, so yeah. Thank God, because I have no modifier for constitution. Uh, that's an 18. Okay, Fox is doing okay. Okay. Jab, uh, I was really doubting your, your root, but I think it's doing me good. Uh, I got a 17. You're okay? Let's go. Oh, I got a natural 20. Let's All right. go. You're all okay, but you can wow. tell from the smell as you walk through, like this would not have been good to breathe in under normal circumstances. Like it is really good that you have this root to like filter out the problems. Um, as you walk through We're the- We're still chewing up. Yeah. <laughs> the, the yellow mist uh, only lasts for about 13, 14 feet. And as you come out on the other side, having reached like 15 feet across, um, you, you don't hear any more of the yelling or the fighting or anything like that but you do see just rolling along the ground towards you 
you see um, a rivet from like a, a metal armor piece's boot just rolling along the ground <laughs> on its own. Ding, 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 ding. Rolls past you and kind of comes to a stop somewhere off in the distance. The path goes left and right. The rivet came from the right. What mm. is that? Like a little bolt? That's uh, that's from a, a soldier's boot, presumably. Um, a boot? Well, uh, a boot. Um, I don't know, I'm sticking with my corpse theory. Speaking of boots, all of a sudden you hear the slamming of a loud metal boot on the ground near you. You look up and see before you something that Alan... Uh, you remember the ALF lecturers forbidding the attempted construction of. They are called oh. Helmed Horrors, and oh. they are what happens when you infuse necromancy and an artificer's construction. You oh. wind up with a construct like this. It is a hollowed-out suit of armor filled with a sort of red vapor carrying a sword and a shield, like a full tower shield with it. Um, it doesn't have eyes, so you know because of that, like, it doesn't have sight, but it does have um, the ability to kind of detect what's around it in some way. You're not totally sure how those pieces work, but you know it can still sort of detect what's going on, but not as well as if it had eyes. Um, mm. It is stomping towards you, and as it stomps towards you, it flings its sword out to one side, and the body of a private security goon flies off of it, bounces off the labyrinth wall and slides to the ground. Alan is going to like motion everyone to stop and like essentially I like point point to his eyes and like give it like a like a like a shaking a head like trying to signal just like it doesn't see well. Like so I think Alan at least his first thing that he's going to try to do is just like stay still. Like just stay completely still and see if the the helm horror like seems like it like is aware of us yet all right you sit still and you wait there's the sound of the mist echoing around you and the slow methodic of the metal boots as the helmed horror walks towards you it looks like it's just about to pass you draws even with you and then all in one smooth motion, it flings its tower shield towards Alan, basically reaching out and trying to bash you into the wall. Alan, make a strength save. Hold your ground. Okay. Oh, bad roll. Let's see what my modifier is. I was going to laugh if you got Ten. like a, a nat Final 20. Reroll that. Oh. oh. Had a 10. Now I have uh, 14. All right, so it smashes Alan against the wall, and just as his back like bounces off the wall and he kind of loses his, his footing, all of a sudden something weird happens and time kind of blurs over him, and he's standing there again pushing back on the shield, but this time he's got his feet dug in really well, both hands up, and kind of like blocks it, and those metal bracers cling as they slam into the... Um, the sides of the tower shield as it smashes towards you and you are now engaged in basically this shoving contest with the helmed horror. Everybody roll initiative. <laughs> oh, man, I was really hoping we could just Jurassic Park it. I also <laughs> was hoping that. Alan got a 15. Okay. S 17. 20. Oh. Deb doing well with the initiative. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, that brings us to the top of the combat round, and the top of the combat round is Jebediah Peppermint. You got 30 seconds if you need them. 
Oh, I still didn't want to go first because I don't know what to do. Um, um, oh, I know exactly what to do. Um, I'm going to... That was a great turnaround. <laughs> yep, I'm going to pull out a, uh, I'm going to pull out a number two spell slot, jam it down into the front of the blunderbuss, crank it around, and shoot it at Owlin in the back. And he's oh. going to go, turn large. Yeah, let's go. How tall are you normally, Owlin? Owlin is normally six foot five. Okay, so that probably makes you, what, like 11, 12 feet, something like that? Like, it basically doubles his size. Right, Jeff? Let's go. Is that yeah, right? he One becomes size, size category, category large. Yeah, okay, doubles yeah. his size. The tunnel is only 10 feet tall. So, oh. unfortunately, <laughs> Alan, it's a real cramped space for you. Your head is kind of like <laughs> tilt, just like you mimed on the camera. Your head is like tilted to the side oh. to hold your space. And it's going to be really difficult for you to maneuver and use, you know, like your, your extra attacks, if you use any of the bonus attacks, are going to come mm -hmm. with disadvantage. Only the first, just because you're trying to like okay. swing and recalibrate. But you can still make the first one just fine. Okay. Um, Once you get a plus D4 to your damage. There you go. Um, okay. Just so crush it with your weight. Are you doing any move actions? It is basically close enough to hit everybody at the moment. Like, you're in a small tunnel, so you can just kind of I'm change who's in line away. where. Okay. Yep. Yeah. You, you I'm going to back away far enough to uh, probably about 30 feet, so I can, like, cast pretty close range spells. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. As a reminder, you've only got about 5 to 10 feet of visibility. Um, oh, so oh. if you need well, then I'll, I'll get it, them be... right at the edge of that. So I'll, okay. I'll stay back about 10 feet. Then. Cool. And that brings That's us a good reminder. Thank that you. brings us to Fox's turn. Fox, you've got 30 seconds if you need them for clarification or questions. Uh, is is there any kind of like besides the metal, any other part to it or is it just armor? It is the suit of armor is like hollowed out inside. So there really is just armor with this kind of red vapor swirling inside of it. Okay. Hey, uh, Shadow Walker, um, you got any ideas for this? I think we should kill it. You think you can break our, uh, metal? Not easily, no, uh, but what I would do better than other swords. I will attack yeah. it with the power of dark energy. Okay. Well, here goes nothing. I'm gonna... sword basically <laughs> saying, don't forget I do necrotic instead of slashing damage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. Mm. Oh man. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go ahead and uh, pull out a short bow and back up to um, Jeb's uh, Shadow Walker. We're gonna have to wait on this one. Why would you do this to me? Don't tangle the dream and take it away. <laughs> uh, are you delaying? Just... Is that what you mean? Yeah, I'm gonna ready a shot, but I'm gonna delay. Okay. Uh, and that oh. brings us to Alan's turn. <laughs> Alan is just left the only one standing in front of. Alan also fills the entire there. hallway. Yes, <laughs> like huge. Okay, Alan is gonna bonus action rage. Okay, uh, so he's huge and he's got his big angelic wings, like ethereal <laughs> wings, sprouting out, and he's just like, Ugh! and he's gonna um, use the, the the scimitar. Uh, but he'll only do two attacks because the uh, the he uses bonus action on the um, the rage. Okay, um, Alan's incorporeal wings actually stick out through the edge of the tunnel, like they just <laughs> hit the wall and kind of vanish into it because yeah, they're like so they're clipping big. through like a video game. Yeah. Uh, so first one is fifteen. Second one is dirty twenty. All right, the dirty twenty hits. Ah, dang. Okay, interesting. Well, this is then. 
Uh, oh, and then I get to roll an extra d4 of damage, correct? Because of the size? Yes. Okay. So, ooh. 10 plus, and my rage bonus is... Rage bonus is 2, so 12 plus... Oh, let's go. Uh, 17 damage. 17 damage. All right. Wow. Um, yeah. The chat has granted you a boon. So if you guys want to come up with a creative way to use that boon, uh, we'll figure that out in a second. Otherwise, I will okay. come up with one. But first, the Helmed Horror is going to take its turn. Um, having been, well, with only Owlin next to it, it's going to just attack Owlin twice with its multi-attack. So uh, it attacks Owlin. Oh, dear. Uh, oh, dear. It confirms a nat 20 for the first oh, attack. Oh, no. And it rolled a 24 for the second attack. Oh, no. So both of Jeez. those hit you. And the longsword, or they're both a longsword attack. Um, Sorry, I was muted. I said chronal shift on that natural 20. Oh, okay. I want to force him to reroll it. Okay. He got a 16. Does a 16 hit you, Alan? 16 does hit, yeah. Okay, so he hits you, but it's not a crit anymore. Okay. Um, That's much better. My last better. one, guys. Okay, so the first one deals seven points of damage, Alan, and the second one deals seven points of damage. For a total of 14 points of damage as it hits you shing, shing, twice with its longsword. Um, Ask because you're raging. The, yes. The tower shield kind of like that you were pushing against, it pulls the tower shield out of the way to attack you, but at the end of its turn, it slowly brings the tower shield back in front of it, basically like putting up a little bit of a defense in front of itself for like some partial cover. And that brings us okay. to the top of the round. Before we get back into initiative order, let's talk about what we All could right. do with a boon that would be really cool. What's something chat could give I you got, or something kind of circumstance tweaking that could be awesome right now? I got an idea. Hear me out. All right. Big brain plays. Okay. So I've been holding off in Shadow Walker, right? Because he deals necrotic damage. Mm -hmm. But what if instead of doing that... Shadow Walker somehow feeds upon the necrotic energy of the Dark Horror. Okay. Just like, like instead of attacking him, just oh, he sucks. Like sucks. He sucks life out of him. He sucks necrotic damage out of or necrotic that's energy. That's pretty out cool. Of him. I think that's cool. If if Josh is down with that being a boon, I think that's sick. That's pretty cool. So let's do in that case. Let's make it a grapple between Shadow Walker and the Helmed Horror. Or basically, oh. it's like grappling over life energy. Oh. Um, oh. So it can just use your your grapple mods. Um, so you can use... Well, I'll let you use dex because you're a rogue as well. So um, you can do um, acrobatics or athletics for your grapple. Normally, you have to use athletics to establish a grapple. But you can use either of them. And he will fight back. So does Shadow Walker almost like turn into a whip form? on the head of it. Oh. I was picturing it as like he's the blade goes in and then swirls out of the mm. sword into like um, almost like a like a tree where like the branches kind of stick out to the side there and it go. begins fighting. Uh what do you get, Fox? 16. He rolled a 15. Oh. So. Oh. So, here's the last piece of this that we need to navigate. You are attacking okay. past Owlin, who's huge. So, what yeah, I'm going to do is give uh give Owlin a deck save at disadvantage to like squeeze out of the way otherwise Owlin will take just a d4 of necrotic damage basically like for the sword to pass through and get to the thing as it spreads out it like brushes you a little bit disadvantage deck save 
Yep. Is a two. Oh, you're going to take a D4 of necrotic damage as That's Shadow fine. Walker sucks in a little bit of your life energy as well. All Luckily, right, it's not Walker. permanent the way it will be on the Helmed Horror. This might not be a battle, but I'm hoping you like Body it anyway. Horror. It like roars and shrieks in, and you can see it begin to twist into the vapor inside of the Helmed Horror, and it starts to literally shrink. Like, it starts sucking away from the volume of the Helmed Horror. I'm going to leave them grappled. So roll its damage. This is how much damage it deals to the Helmed Horror. But it's actually, like, sucking the vapor out of it is, is the visual. Got you. Okay, okay. Uh, 4 plus 7 is 11. Uh, that is... 14. 14 damage. 14 points of damage as it begins to shrink a little bit um, in yes. front of Alan. Its armor and its sword are the same size and it's still able to wield them. Like mechanically, it hasn't lost any of its abilities, but just visually it starts to, the vapor thins inside of it, the red vapor. Um, that brings us to the actual top of initiative order, which is Jebediah Peppermint. So Jeb, you've got 30 seconds if you need them before you must oh, make dang. an action. Uh, Jeb, I had um, no idea this, this Shadow Walker did this. Uh, yeah, that's really cool. I'm super happy for you. Um, and I am going to cast Magic Missile in between Alwyn's legs. Okay. They're just going to go <laughs> like underneath and then up through the bottom of the uh, the Helmed Horror. Okay. Uh, remind me the damage type of Magic Missile. Force damage. Force damage. Um... Okay, so you the magic missile streaks out from you as it always does, but it almost seems like it just passes through harmlessly through the vapor inside. Um, it seems like perhaps this creature might be immune to damage of that kind. Really? Um, yes. Hmm. I pat Owlin on the calf and I say, you got this pup. <laughs> and I back away. Fox, it is your turn. You have 30 seconds if you need them. Otherwise, you can just continue Shadow Walker's grapple. I'll just continue Shadow Walker's grapple. Okay, another opposed grapple check. He rolled really low, right? No, he got a 20 21. He okay. I rolled a two on the die. <laughs> All right. Um, it's going to start sucking vapor out of Shadow Walker. Oh no! So we'll give Shadow Walker. Matt rolls 66, and that's how much Shadow Walker has to work with here. Okay. How much what? How much vapor, basically, before Shadow oh. Walker has been consumed the other way Dang. around? Keep 20. All, straight up 20. All right. Um, eight points of that get subtracted as um, the vapor, the red vapor starts getting sucked back into the helmed horror. Uh, Shadow Walker, you, you got this, buddy? I, uh, yeah, I got it. Just, it just, just, you just got me off guard. I got it. Um, you, can, <laughs> okay. you can keep track of that number, please. Um, yep. And... That will bring, unless you're going to do a move or anything like that, that'll bring us to Alan. Uh, not, not really can do much while I'm just kind of holding on to the other end Reaching of Shadow Walker. Reaching around Alan's gigantic calf to like keep <laughs> your sword stabbed into the helm door. Alan, you, you, have you, you got it, Alan. Alan, you have 30 seconds. Okay, Alan is going to triple attack. Um, his last attack, it sounds like, does uh, is at a disadvantage because of the like space constraints. Yep. 
Okay, I'll roll the first two attacks first. Uh, we have a nat 20 on one of them and a 22 on the other. Okay. Um, uh, should I roll to confirm the nat 20 here? Uh, yes. Did not confirm. Okay. And then here's the disadvantage on the other one. Uh, did not hit for sure. Okay, so <laughs> you hit him once. Oh, I got it. No, I got a natural one on one of those. I got a. I'm gonna roll to confirm the natural one. I got a three for the natural one. So I have a natural twenty unconfirmed, a hit, and then a natural one that is confirmed. Okay, if that um, makes sense. Yes, it does. Let's do. So you can roll your damage for the two hits. The natural twenty is just another normal hit. Um, so two normal hits. And then you're gonna roll damage and have it for the third attack. And Fox takes that damage on the backswing as you're oh. like getting ready to attack for the the third time. You also get a D4 of damage per of those hits yes, because yes. you're large. Yep, I got those. Okay, so the total on the uh, on the Helmed Horror is 17 okay. damage, and then the total on the um... oh wait no 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 sorry I forgot to add the. Um, uh, no, 17, 27. Sorry, I forgot. No, not 27. Let me look at my character sheet. I'm done. <laughs> uh, Do you need help there? No, it is 27. Uh, 27 on the Helmed Horror. And then you said roll damage and half it for... Uh, yes. Okay. Okay. Nine plus two is 11. 11 halved is... Five. Five. <laughs> okay, five damage. Fox, you take five damage Fox. as he hits you with his sword. Owlin, jeez. Watch where uh, you're swinging. Uh, I'm sorry. He's still in rage and giant mode. The Helmed Horror is going to multi-attack Owlin again. Of course he would. And uh, he rolled Those a, hemmed, Helmed Horrors. Yeah, those Helmed Horrors. Oh, you... Oh, is attacking Owlin. Uh, that's a <laughs> 21 and a 17 to hit. Both, both hit. Both hit? Okay. So he hits you. That's not a D8. That is... Hits you for max damage on one of them, but not on the other. Oh, no. So he hits you for 12 plus 7 damage. Uh, 19 damage as he hits you twice with his longsword. Dang. Swing, swing. And... He, that brings us to the top of initiative order. Jebediah, you got 30 seconds. What we doing? Owlin, it looks like the bigness is maybe not helping you. Do you want it to go away? Uh, yeah. Okay, I'll drop con concentration on uh, on the enlargement on okay. Owlin. Um, Owlin comes back down. His wings are now okay. only barely clipped through the wall. <laughs> to be fair, it's usually a good idea. Uh, yeah, I do believe that normally that would be nice, but the ceiling is too low. Anything else, Fox? Uh, Jeb? Uh, dang it. I, um, I'm just going to do a, uh, Ray of Frost on him. Okay. Um, he's only got, like, basically partial concealment behind Alan now. Not in your way. Um, oh, I, you, you can move to, to get him in line. Uh, 16 to hit. Yeah, that's not going to hit him, unfortunately. Dang it. So... Um, you back it up. Yep, you I cast Ray of Frost, but with Owlin and Fox in the way, like it's hard to get a clear shot. Yeah, uh, that brings I was, us I was to, like aiming for his feet between. Well, I guess Owlin's short now, so yeah. Yeah, it just goes astray. Fox, mm -hmm. it is your turn. Uh, if you want to do anything besides continue your grapple, otherwise we can just roll that opposed grapple over life. Shadow Walker, you got this. 
I will destroy my enemies. Don't destroy yourself. No pain, no gain. <laughs> okay, better roll this time. I need to remember, I had to scroll back up to the top of the page because I was looking at my Shadow Walker stats. Don't worry about it. The Helm Horror confirmed in that one. Roll double damage for the amount of life force Let's that Shadow Walker go. steals. Okay. Oh. Never mind. No math for me. <laughs> I only have victory. Okay. So. 20, I think. If I did the math right. All right. Shadow Walker suddenly, like, there was this kind of tug back and forth between the branches of the, the shadowy vapor and the swirling red vapor, and all of a sudden the branches, like, each of them forks at the end and just shoots outwards like veins all throughout the helmed horror, and then condense into this, like, small little ball of vapor, and then the armor just falls lifeless to the ground around it as the ball of vapor sort of slides down the blade into the hilt of Shadow Walker and then kind of wraps around the hilt, like swirls around your hands a couple times and then joins into the blade, extending it from a rapier to functionally a longsword. Whoa. Um, you can increase the damage from 2d8 of necrotic to 2d10 of necrotic damage for Whoa. Shadow Walker. Um, as it absorbs um, the the other, it will still take the form of a rapier moving forward. Like you don't need to worry about weapon training, but like right, it just, right, right. it's bigger than um, it was before. And the hilt has like more ornate stuff in it. <clears throat> so yeah, uh, slow claps. A Shadow Walker. By um, me. Do you want to rate that on to a, a one to ten on how well you actually uh, handled? The, like, were you, how how close were you to dying? I'm not sure. I don't trouble okay. myself with the thought of defeat. Fair enough. That's the hardest line in this entire D&D campaign so far. <laughs> <laughs> For real. Um, so Shadowwalker thinks that he handled that pretty nicely. I was a little worried there, but... Um, well. Well, uh, Alan's no longer raging, obviously. Yeah. Well, uh, I think... Uh, we went left last time, uh, and this... Hey, uh, going forward is a good plan. There were private security goons down here, and I don't know if we need to, to check their, their remains out or if there's a couple of them that are still alive, but we need to know why they're down here. Yes. I mean... Because I don't think Makar is aligned with them, or if he is, we would need to know that he is aligned with them. I wouldn't I, think so. I get the feeling that uh, the answer to that will be revealed within the night. I, f I feel like if Makar was aligned with him and Makar made this place, right? Yes. Then he would have just let them in or handed it over whatever. My I guess, think. My guess is the helmed horror is aligned with Makar and that the private security goons are not. That is my guess. That's, That's what, what I was thinking. thinking. Yeah. Okay, we're all on the same hey. page. Those uh, those goons have had some good stuff in the past. Maybe they've got some stuff left over. I think that's fair. Good. I think taking gonna... a right to go see what the, what they have left behind is a good I idea. I was also going to check that corpse that got swung over uh, mm -hmm. into the wall mm -hmm. on the dramatic Box. entrance. Fingers yeah. crossed for the spider climbing ciphers. Oh, yeah, I'm definitely checking for ciphers. All right, you investigate the bodies. 
However, unfortunately, they have been so effectively destroyed by the Helmed Horror that, like, anything that was in their inventory has been, like, cracked and crumbled and left in absolute ruin. The closest one to, like, anything recoverable that you can find is the one that was flung off of its sword into the wall right before you fought. It is only about half destroyed. And the the rest of the creature's remains, you can tell that it was some kind of elf or half-elf maybe before it was killed. Um, all of its equipment has been, like, smashed and bludgeoned and, you know, squished. It was shoved into the wall by the tower shield to kill it. So it literally was, like, compressed until it died and then impaled on the sword to confirm it. However, you are able to find its orders. Um wrapped in like a little Ooh. scroll case this one must have been the captain or leader or whatever what kind of secret um, are you hiding and yeah, squish paper it's already flat you can yeah exactly it's already flat and so you pull it out and unfold uncrinkle it a little bit and you know kind of squint around the blood and hmm. it is uh they are orders to seize the dragon's head rod um mm. from the traitor and that is what uh, the, the uh, scroll ooh. case says on it you can see based on like the plans that are kind of included in there, it's only a very like top level overview of the assault plan, but it does look like they entered by using explosives like over the labyrinth at some point, um, mm. which might explain the distant booming sound that Fox mm. heard earlier um, uh, when you were above the keep. Ah. Oh, and you can tell that there were four mm. of them. You have so far seen three bodies. Okay. Well, well, here we go. I mean, yeah, like we suspicions confirmed. And oh. I think another thing that we learned, Alan, they got squished. You went toe to toe with this thing. I'm glad you're on our side. He well, wasn't even wearing end, a shirt oh, yeah. when he did it. <laughs> uh, I was, was wearing, wearing armor and he's crushed. I, I some may consider at least the the overalls that are connected to my tool belt to be somewhat of a covering of anyway. Uh, I, I mean, I you mean, don't wear armor, so it makes sense that you would be really effective at just fighting, just armor. You know. Well, that's that's quite possible, but I will it say, your, uh, like Alan's right? been fighting just armor his whole life. <laughs> <laughs> Fox, I will say, Fox and Shadow Walker definitely played a huge part in in that. It, it's definitely always a group effort, but. I think that what's important to know is that Makar was telling us the truth previously um, about how his alliance was kind of temporary with uh, what what's happened. So, and it seems as though they've marked him as a traitor at this point, which bodes well for us. I mean, true. And maybe we can somehow twist this on its side. Like if Makar catches us here, think about it. We could say we heard the boom. Enemy of our enemy in that case. Um, so maybe you can finally convince it's also our enemy yeah yeah you're right <laughs> well either way i think it's time for us to search on if if they were here then i think that that means that the the Please. rod is probably soon to follow don't forget there's one more still out there yes that is true all right um you can continue on. your journey for about 20 minutes walking through the mist until you enter perhaps the strangest section of the labyrinth yet. Uh, revolving around Ooh. you um, on, well, there are many of these revolving around you. They are floor-to-ceiling mirrors. Each of mm. them is about three feet wide and the whole 10-foot height of the area. There is still mist obscuring anything further than six or 10 feet in front of you. 
and as they revolve, the different reflections bounce off different mirrors to where it's really difficult to orient yourself in the room. Um, they're not moving fast enough to damage you, but there are so many of them and so tightly packed that you do have to sort of separate into three lines to walk through them right next to each other. Not like you lose sight of each other, but like you, there's a mirror between each of you basically as you're walking through this room. And I do need each of you to roll a perception check to figure out which is the real person, basically. Like, to not get separated from the group following reflections instead of following each other. I got a 15. I would like... I almost thought I had a plus 10, but I was reading Persuasion. <laughs> I got a uh, 17. Okay. I would like to make this as a smell check. To, to try and sniff out scent. your friends? That's a great idea. Yeah. You guys smell bad after that fight. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Alan doesn't how, have how long any... have we gone without a shower? Like <laughs> 19. I think you've gone two seasons without a shower. <laughs> yeah. um, and I'm uh, using my soap up on the floor. All right. <laughs> Alan I had plans and, for this stuff. Alan and Jeb, you are able to stay close to each other, but Fox gets separated from the group. Um, Fox, can you, I tell which direction he went by his scent? You can, uh, yes, it takes a little while, but you realize like Fox's scent is getting fainter and he went mm. off basically to our left and you went off to the right. So I'll tell you what each of you has seen. And then if you want to double back instead and look for each other, you can do that. So I'll add one die to the tension pool for the separation. And then, uh, Alan and Jeb. The two of you get to the other end of the field of mirrors, basically. You realize that it was an orderly grid that filled the room. So, like, it's just a big cavernous room with this grid of mirrors spinning in it to make mm. it difficult to navigate. And in front of you, there is a solid oak door with the steel, just like you've seen everywhere else in this, um, in this dungeon. There's the solid oak door with the steel beams across, and there's not an easy way to see through it. By, like, getting up real close, you can look through the little slits in the wooden door, and you can't see much, but it if looks like... If we touch like, it, it doesn't stick to us, right? Uh, I don't know. You haven't chosen to touch it yet. That Alan, would be an Alan will touch it with a pinky finger. It does not stick to your pinky okay. finger. Okay. <laughs> um, looking through one of the cracks in the door on the other side, you see a room that is... Um, you can't see much of the room again, but you see just in your little sliver of visibility, you see a pedestal with what looks like maybe a box on it. Mm. Um, Fox... You have gone off in a different direction, so you realize when you get out of the grid of mirrors that you are separated from your friends and in another small stretch of tunnel. Ahead of you on the ground is the fourth private security goon. He is also dead, but you can't see any indication of a fight on his body. And beyond him is a pedestal with a box on it. Oh, hell no. All right. Mm. Mm, but it's a box what's in the box you don't know what's in the box but he obviously died I mean great shadow walkers getting me in the habit of talking to myself out loud you can just talk to me instead that's fine alright shadow walker yes um, he didn't look like he died from somebody killing him right like like a fight I don't think so. Certainly, if yeah. I were to kill somebody, I would leave better proof. I, I know you would. You would write your name. I know. Um, so, pretty sure that box, Gross. right? That's just a little too. I mean, you walk into a room. There's a dead body, and there's just a lone box in the center. Of the, there's nothing else. I, 
that ain't right. That ain't right. But what's in the box, though? Like, I mean, it has to be something real good. My money's on We're, potato chips. I, see, I don't think it's worth risking my life for potato chips. Wimp. And then we cut back over to Alan and Jebediah <laughs> who are standing at a wooden door and on the other side they've seen their little sliver of a pedestal with a box. Um, you've also realized that you're separated from Fox just like he has re- realized that he's separated from you. Um, how big is the box? The, you can't tell how wide it is with the little, like you can just tell there's a box on the pedestal but you can't even see enough of the room to know how wide. But like, is it like a five foot box or is it like a small box oh, type thing? It, I mean, it's less than a foot tall. Okay, okay. Well, hey, your great minds think alike. We got the, the genius in sync, it seems. Uh, it, it, yes, I don't doubt that. Um, I, uh, we are zero for, we are zero for two on whether, what we should do about these doors. Um, that's, that's fair. Uh, and we don't have Fox and Fox messed up the first one and stuck to the second one. So, hey, we got pretty good odds without him. To be fair, um, it was my logical, my, it was the logic that I used, uh, which, which messed up the first one. You're very, you're very humble and like, uh, you know, willing to, to, to spread the credit around kind of guy. I like well, that about you. I, I appreciate that. I, I try to see myself as a team player. See, you um, did it again. There you go. <laughs> Well, uh, either way, do we do you think it's smart for us to double back to Fox? Let him get to us? What do you think? I mean, we could at least call out to him. I don't think that room was too incredibly big. Well, uh, that's that's fair. And while you know there may be more unknown horrors uh, left for us to encounter here, that's true. Um, KDM. Yep. Um, could I estimate like how like how big is this room? Could I hit Fox with a message spell? You could probably get Fox with a message spell. You think the room was big enough that even if he doesn't hear your yell, he will hear the echo if you yell to him. Gotcha. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna try and fire off a message. In, okay. He went to the left, I think. Yes, yeah, like, so that's, that's what I assumed as well. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna fire off. Hey Fox, uh, we got separated. You went left. We kind of went right, and we're in front of a door. We see a pedestal with a box on it through the crack on the other side. I'm going to flip a coin. You're going to tell me dragons or dice, which are the two things that are on this coin for um, guessing which way Fox went. Um, dragons. Ooh, that's a dragon, ladies and gentlemen. Let's go. Fox, you hear the message from Jeb. Uh, are, are you sure? Because I'm looking at a box on a pedestal and a dead body. Uh, Alan, he said that he's he wants wants to know if I'm sure of what we saw because he sees a box on a pedestal, but also a dead body. I don't understand why that would counteract what we saw, Um, but he (laughs) appears in good spirits. So at least we know he's safe. Do you think it would be reasonable to send another spell again? Uh, I mean, I can do this as much as we want. Oh, well, perfect. Uh, Then I think maybe sending another message telling him, yes, we are sure of what we've seen. And if that's a dead body, then we should, it would be best, I think, to try our side first um, because his side is likely a trap. And then I'll twist it. And like, I I was holding it up to Alan (laughs) that whole time and I just got his, and then it poof, send it to Fox. 
Uh, well, I mm, see. I the the dead person is one of the is a fourth security goon, right? And I don't know if we're talking about like one of one of these like goblets is poisoned kind of situation. I think that's about the end of your twenty five words, right? This is the one with twenty five words. I, oh, I think right. so. Yeah, so that's yeah. what comes back. <laughs> oh, so it's not like okay, so the the it's one of the goons. That's the fourth goon. I mean, so we don't I need would, to worry about that, but... I would ask him to tricky. regroup with us. We'll try our door, and if that doesn't work, we'll try his side. I think that sounds like a good idea. Uh, Fox, um, that sounds like we've got, like, multiples of the same thing. Come back to us. We think yours is a trap. But there's no door. But there's no door, and... What's in the box? You know what I'm saying? Alan will speak into the uh, into Jeb's blunderbuss again. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Fox, get over here. We'll try yours after ours. <laughs> okay, but I'm searching the body first. Uh, that's dangerous. <laughs> Investigation. Uh, first, how close is he to the box? Uh, he's like not quite touching the pedestal, but like maybe five, six chins away. I'm gonna grab like the part that's furthest away from the pedestal and just drag him closer to the edge. You do so. And then I search his body. Okay. A wise choice to confirm that your foe is dead before moving to the spoils. Uh, what's your oh, investigation? Yes. Uh, two. And sorry, <laughs> uh, it was a nat one. So I guess two if you were to add my. <laughs> Nothing of note. He seems dead, but otherwise unlike untarnished by his experience. He ha- you can find nothing of value on his body, and he does not appear to have anything useful to you, and you're just like, well, that's a dead guy. Oh, didn't find any gold coins, so. Shadow Walker. Yes. Think. Right now, something crazy, life-changing could be in that box. That sounds cool. But that Maybe life he's back right now. He should be, like, coming back here death. pretty soon. Uh, I believe right now he's probably contemplating whether to risk his life and touch the thing <laughs> or to it uh, to us. And I have realized at this point that I have no influence on what he does. You know, so you make a pretty away. good Zoth in Zoth's absence. Zoth has taught me well on the ways of Fox, I will say. If he dies, I'm going to kill him. Yeah, I as well. I'm going to roll. Um... I don't have a D4 on me. I'm going to roll a, a D8 here. If it's odd, I'm going to attempt something. If it's even, I'm just going to walk back. Okay. It's even. All right. I'm just, I'm just going to walk on. back. So right. as you're saying, I've realized I have no influence over what Fox does. Fox walks out of the mist. Um, he's just followed the edge of the room to avoid getting lost in the mirrors. And eventually mm-hmm. he comes around the corner and, and is, is with you again. All right, all right. What's so great about your door? That it's not already tripped. Yeah, there's no dead body. Well, I, if it's not already tripped, we could end up tripping it. You get what I'm saying? I, I'm i not right. sure exactly how it works. However, I will take the risk of knocking this time. <laughs> all right, so so here here's my theory. All right. 
where we went through the center of this room. We're at a we're at a doorway. You went left, and you were at a doorway. I'm sure there's another one to the right. I believe this is all going to be about picking the correct one. And if there's a dead body in the left one, we that was that the wrong incorrect. one. Yes. Do we want to at least confirm there's something to the right? I think the private security goons confirmed that there's something to the left. But you said right, and I thought you were going with that the other way. Uh, we could. We could. Uh, I'll, I'll just... be right back. I'll be right back. Okay. I'm going to go around the <laughs> uh, right. Guy. I'm going to add a die Edge. to the tension pool. <laughs> uh, Fox, you run around the other side real quick, and sure enough, there is a wooden door closed. It's difficult to see through, but you're pretty sure when you put your eye up against it and check that it's not a mimic, you're pretty sure that uh, there is a pedestal with some kind of box on top of it on the other side. Mm. Well, I'll be damned. I'm going to go on back. Well, Jeb, you're right. It's an unopened door. The only one opened is with a corpse. My theory um, is that um, the if okay, this is my theory at least. Uh, if you pass through the maze of mirrors successfully, aka get to the center one, you will be rewarded with the correct door. And if you veer off to the left or right because you got lost, you will get the trapped door. That is my theory, but. Which is why I think we should open the center door. <laughs> I mean, it sounds logical to me, I guess. No. I don't have a reason for the center door, but you know, my, my only reasoning was not the left door because it had already been sprung. That is fair. Um, fair enough. Fair any enough. precautions we, needed to, we would like to take before we just... I'll yes. just keep standing back here. <laughs> I am going to cast mage armor on myself. Mm, oh, uh, Alan will cast False Life on himself. Um, I only have one of those spell slots. Fox will, will cast uh, Step Away by about 10 feet on himself. <laughs> I got to pull up False Life just again to make sure. Make sure you know um, how it works. Make sure I remember how it works. I gain 1d4 plus 4 temporary hit points for the duration of it. So I will gain 6 temporary hit points. Me. put that in my ac is 15 now dog nice yeah it is okay normally it's 12 well then alan will then knock because it has the knocker on it like the previous ones yep alan will knock the door you knock on the door and after a little while a little reverberating away from you the door swings open. This one creaks. In front of you, there is a pedestal with a box on it. It is um, almost exactly one shin long. It's about half a shin high. It's about half a shin wide. Beyond that, there is a pedestal with a box on it. It's about one shin wide, about half a mm. shin high, about half a shin across. Beyond that, there's a pedestal with a box on it. The box is about one shin wide, half a shin high, half a shin across, and so on and so forth. There are more pedestals with boxes than distance you can see. Like, it, it extends like this outwards and away. So it's a hallway that is 15 feet wide, smooth-hewn stone. It reaches into the distance. 
What the f... Right, magic. I'm looking for illusions or any sort of school of magic because this feels very much like inside the rod. Illusion, conjuration, evocation. And abjuration, actually. Oh. They are this concentrated on loaded. the box that is closest to you actually has whiffs of like every school of magic, maybe, but you're not totally certain. Um, the mirror behind it has illusion, conjuration, abjuration, evocation. It is a mirror that makes it look like an infinitely extending hallway, which means that there must be mirrors on the wall that like you haven't walked through yet as well for the, hmm. the infinite repetition to work. Ah, well, I guess I don't know that yet. Um, we're getting a lot of magic. I'm detecting every school in the first box, uh, which seems a little deceptive. Well, not in, I, I think the rod's in there, but there's something going on with these mirrors. They're, they're providing protection and evocation and you said conjuration as well? Evocation, conjuration, abjuration, illusion. Yeah, that. So there, whatever it is, it's doing a lot and it's probably significant. So, what if, all right, so hear me out. If it's every school of magic in the box, I mean, that sounds like a weave to me. Oh, no, yeah, I I get the same thing off of my rod. Yeah, so that's, I think we're confident that it's there, but but there's something with these mirrors that it's like, that's the protection. Do we try breaking the mirrors? I feel like that's just a little too simple. I feel like if you went through all this trouble, you built mazes, elevators, and traps, breaking the mirror should be the thing that, you know, disables the trap. I think I I agree, sir. What, sorry? I could cast Catapult on the box and try to fling it towards us. That could be the case. Another thing I thought of is perhaps obscuring the um, rod from the mirrors, such as like casting a fog cloud or something of that Ooh, sort. I have that um, prepared. And then... No, I don't. I'm sorry. I can't do oh, that. Dang. Uh, <laughs> that would be my theory, is that perhaps there's something to do with the rod being visible in the mirrors that is protecting it. I'm going to go ahead and roll a ball bearing um, along the bottom of the floor through the door and see if I can't roll it past a pedestal, like into the mirror. Just roll. Ooh, I want like to do one after you. I want to try and hit yours and knock yours further. Okay. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. Oh, hey, let's do it side by side. We'll see who's going to go furthest. All right. <laughs> I'm going to roll for distance. You want one too, Alan? I'll observe. Okay. For science, I get it. Um, I rolled a d20, and I'm just going to take the roll number. I got a four. Okay. I got a six. All right. Uh, Alan, to your studious eye, neither of them made it past the pedestal because they slowed down, lost momentum, and rolled back towards the door. Mm. As if they were rolling up a hill and didn't have enough momentum to do it, except that the floor in front of you looks flat. Interestingly, it seems as though the mirror may be repelling 
What the hell? I, objects from reaching the the item. I believe, you know, Jeb, you mentioned using catapults to, to propel the, the rod towards us. I believe that that may be uh, a decent strategy to try. Now, hold um, on here. I probably just didn't roll good enough. No, I, I, it seemed as though it was repelled magically. I rolled a 17 to roll another ball bearing. Okay. You roll another ball bearing, this one much harder than the first. Now you're not trying to, like, gently arc around the room or anything. You're just like, bounce off the walls, whatever. I just want to see how far this will go. And it flies into the room, bounces off one of the walls, bounces off the wall that you're standing on, shoots towards the mirror that is on the opposite side of you, the one you're looking at. So you're looking past the rod, right. or past the box that you presume is the rod, and at the mirror on the other wall. And it rolls through the mirror, and mm. little ripples ripple across the mirror, and it rolls into the other room. Mm. Or the reflection of the room, I guess, but as if it were another room. That was unexpected. Well, I actually kind of expected that um, because, <laughs> no, well, I mean, I, I don't, I don't mean to like toot my own horn or anything, but I was, I was. This is this is conjuration, um, actually, you know, and this is this is not only abjuration, um, but it, I, I think the the previous room was all about um, mirrors pushing us to the left or pushing us to the right or or trying to you know misguide us and if if the if the gravity in here is such that you're disoriented when you walk in you could get pushed into one of these mirrors around the wall perhaps um we need to test something though i need to test if magic can get in there or if it'll be counterspelled or hindered those goons and their little counterspell gadgets have got me furious with Wait not being able to cast stuff. Gadgets. Jeb, you're a genius. I mean, I know uh, that, but what about this time? I'm going to pull out my uh, my Morbius bracelet thing. I'm like, all right, all right. Ooh. So you said this thing can be like, I'm there, but I'm not there, right? That is true. All right. Uh, how many times can you use it? I forget. <laughs> nice. Does Alan uh, remember how many times he can use it? I'm pulling it up in my notes right now. Okay. <laughs> oh well. For this is what I get for letting my notes. players manage their their own details. Um, yeah. Gosh. I was just playing in character. <laughs> <laughs> Yours? Yes, that was very in character. Once a day. It's once yeah, I, a day. Yeah. And the effect you're talking about is fold space. Choose a space you yep. can see within 60 feet of you. You treat that space as if it were within five feet of you until the end of your turn, so six seconds. This allows yep. you to move immediately to that space without provoking opportunity attacks or to interact with objects or creatures in that space as though they were next to you, including allowing you to make melee attacks into that space. I, be I believe, then, there are two options with which we can proceed. We can attempt Jeb's catapult idea or attempt... Uh, Fox's folding space idea. All right. Time out real quick. Mm -hmm. First of all, glad we got to explain that to the audience. Second of all, anybody else ever play the Henry Stickman games? Because this is exactly what this reminds me of, where it gives you like two really off the wall decisions to choose and you have no idea which one's going to work. 
No, this reminds me of a choose your own adventure and we're going to die and I'm going to have to go back to page 15 and figure out how to get through the labyrinth again. <laughs> that is it's how that. It's D&D, that, that. That's, that's what D&D is. It's that's like right. a complex choose your own adventure. Um, so, all right. I don't Either know. Either of these, I mean, I, I like your fold space, but it's one shot. I can, I can try catapult twice. Let's try catapult um, first and then if that doesn't work, we'll try folding space. Okay. Okay, I, I, I okay. see the logic behind that. Mm. Because even okay. if the catapult, even if the catapult fails and the and the the box moves true. somewhere else, we can fold space to get to it. Yeah, I was well, thinking it, that the gravity is going to be weird. So if, if it, it goes flings, into that portal, might... that mirror portal thing, I like. I don't know how that's going to affect things. I only got a range of sixty feet, and that goes well, on forever. Then I then I could see the the logic of using fold space first. I I, I just think it. We just should try something. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Fox, let's let's go you first. And I say we hang on to Fox in yes. case he gets sucked through cuz you're not you're not going through, right? You're just pulling it out. Right. Okay. I'm going to okay. I'm going to like hold on to Fox's leg yeah. from behind him. And like, I'll hold on, like, hold on to little My face is behind his knee. <laughs> I go ahead and put the bracelet on and I assume there's some sort of activation on it. Um I go ahead and like twist it and I imagine it would be like there's like like it's space-time folding. Like the it object comes closer to me, but the like distance stretches yeah, like all at the same zoom. time. Like, yeah, and you're just like, zoom. Yeah. So okay. you do that, um, and and your hand can reach through. Now, clarify for me: Are you reaching for the one on the pedestal in the room, or are you reaching for the mirror? I'm reaching for the pedestal, the one on the pedestal in the room. Okay. Yes. So time or sorry, not time distance compresses for you and you can literally reach out your hand and touch the top of the pedestal. You can now see from your slightly closer vantage point. This is a box of lead um, and you can reach out and pick it up if you want. And that's a thing you can do. Is that what you're doing? Do I do it? Uh, do it. A few seconds. Worth a try. Get the box. I'm going to try to... It's lead, right? And it's like it's, a, a foot by half a foot, half a foot? Yeah. I am I guess I'll try to grab it by both sides and see if I can't even move it. Okay. Uh, make a strength check. Um, I rolled really great all the time. Never bad. And if you really think about it, a rating from one to five, a five is perfect. All right. Yeah. A five is perfect. Did my whiskers tickle the back of his calf or something like <laughs> Maybe, that? Maybe, yeah. <laughs> I'll give you one more try um, because you have six seconds, but you're not like in combat or anything. So like you can you can just like you try and move oh. it in the first time. It's like it's oh, attached to the thing. Like, oh, this is way heavier than I thought. Can Alan sub in? Is that a, is that a possibility? No, because it has to be okay. the the loop is required. Okay. Um, fourteen. Fourteen. You grab it, and this time you like dig in and pull a little bit, and maybe Alan pulls on your shoulders, mm-hmm. and you finally, with a thunk, you like yank the box off of the pedestal, and it zooms straight at you, past you, and flies into one of the spinning mirrors behind you oh. in that room, which begins spinning faster and faster until it shoom, shoots out of that, bounces through more of the mirrors in the room, and then all of a sudden zooms back past you again and lands back on the pedestal. 
Hmm. <sighs> what the f just happened? And then you get the same like dolly zoom vertigo effect as it, you know, space uncompresses or unfolds. We still have the lead box, right? No, the lead box. No, that's lead box what flew went, around. Went like when he picked the, up the box, it itself pedestal. zoomed past. Yep, and is now back on the pedestal. Well, when you when he got in there, was did the lead box have a top? Yes, it was a closed okay. lead box, fully enclosed. Hmm. Well. That's all we have on that strategy. So I have an idea. if we try to move it, it launches itself. What if? So it went through the mirrors. What if we close the door? I don't think it door? launches itself, pub. I think it returns. I think it's locked back to that position. And when you dimensionally pulled it out, it flung it around and it was trying to get back like a like a lodestone. Oh, so you think the dimensional warp kind of like effed with it? That's possible. And I don't think. Hmm. It would stand to reason that this securing of this box in place would either be attached to the box and not the rod inside of it. Because otherwise he wouldn't be able to get the rod out if he needs, unless he like knows how to disable this spell. I can blow a really big spell and try and melt the box. No. There's got to be something we're missing. None of us have gone in the room yet. I mean, technically, all I could see was the box, what was behind it. One of us could try going into the room, but... I wish we had Brad. Yes, that would be helpful. Um... However, I don't have even the materials to make another Brad. Gonna add a dive um, attention. Mm. We're up to four. I'm gonna. All right. I'm gonna try something. I'm gonna reach my arm through the door. Does anything happen? Nope. <sighs> Alan will follow you in and attempt to be like that force that can pull you back out if you get like. Start to get like sucked into the mirror. Oh, so you're, you're like preparing the action, basically. Uh, yeah. yeah. Wait, 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 you're right. You're right. I'm gonna pull out my rope, tie it around my waist. Yeah, tie it around me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. I'm gonna take another step forward, half my body in the door. You are still fine. All the way through the door. You have crossed the threshold. I'm gonna walk up to the box. It's about 10 shins. You walk up to the box. It looks just like it did when you folded space. You're at the pedestal. You don't feel any, you know, nothing feels weird or anything like that. You can now confirm that on the wall behind you, there are also mirrors. That's how they're making that infinite tunnel effect. Mm. Um, And then ahead of you, another 10 shins past the pedestal is the, the big mirror opposite you from this new vantage point you can see that the rod um or the the box in the other mirror is flipped the wrong way like it's reversed from what you see in the room with you in the mirror yeah so like um if there were like maybe a rune carved at one end of the box you can see the rune on your left but in the reflection it's on your right
That's not how reflections work. Well, we already do know it is magical. Is the rune on top of the box? No, it's on the side facing the mirror. Okay, okay. That's why you wouldn't have been able to tell from the door, because you can't see the, the mm -hmm. actual carving or whatever. Is there any kind of seam on this thing? There, I mean, there's a seam around both edges, like the, you know, like the there's edges are lid. meant to, yeah, like the, it's meant to pop off on the lids, but no other seam. And the mirror is seamless, if that's what you mean. It's just one big sheet. I'm going to try twisting the box. It doesn't move when you touch it. It's like really hard to, to dislodge. I mean, the next logical step I feel like would be to attempt to take the caps off of it. Okay. I, I'm, I'm holding fast to the rope. I'm going to attempt to pop the lid off. You are unable to dislodge it. Mm. Mm. Even with your right. crowbar, like it, you know, it, it wouldn't matter what tools you used. Jeez, now I can't even get it with the crowbar. All right, okay, there's, it's a puzzle. There's something with this reflection. It's not just an illusion. It it's is. It's the key. There, there has to be something to it, right? Wait. Get the old ball bearing and see what it does. I'm gonna turn around towards Alan. Okay. And look at the mirror on that wall. The mirror on that wall, the reflection looks like it's supposed to. Like the reflection mm. is proper. I'm going to walk past the pedestal towards the magical mirror then. Okay. I'm going to take a ball bearing. Yep and roll it through the mirror. Okay, you roll it through the mirror. It bloop, almost like ripples in the surface of a wave. You see a little quick distortion in the mirror and the ball bearing rolls into the reflection and rolls on away. But I don't see like it roll back or anything. Like Does it, it doesn't come back to you? Yeah. No, you don't see it come and, back to you. And it doesn't accelerate? Nope. Just rolls like normal, like there's a room over there. I'm gonna, I'm gonna touch the mirror, Alan. Alan's bracing. <laughs> okay, you touch the mirror, and it feels cold, and it feels um, like it has just a little bit of flex or give, but you don't reach through it. Not at the moment, at least. You would have to like push to get through right. it, but you think you probably could. Feels weird. I'm gonna shove right through. All of you or just your hand? Just like to the elbow. You shove through to the elbow and your hand goes through to the other side. It's cold and weird, but it doesn't, it's not like hurting you or anything. I'm not, it's, all right. Um, it, it's cold. It don't feel right, but I don't think I'm dying. If you think what if you think you need to get through to get the artifact, then we'll be here on this side. I'll be bracing the rope. Four guys, Ventures and Vibes, right? And I yep. go in. I'm going to hold my breath as I go in. All right. You hold your breath. 
you leap into the room. Well, not leap, but you kind of shove your way into the room, right? And you push through the mirror. It kind of distorts around you and you <laughs> appear on the other side of it. The rope snaps behind you oh, as the mirror shoot. regrows into a membrane. In front of you is the pedestal with the thing on it the wrong way. You find that you're able to manipulate it. So you spin it the correct way and there's almost like a little shudder in the floor as if you've done something right. However, what you right. haven't seen is that when Fox went through the mirror, a reflection of Fox came out of the mirror. It draws oh. Shadow Walker and attacks Owlin. And on that Yo. note, tonight's Dungeons & Dragons session comes to a close. We'll see you next week, everybody. What? Thanks for hanging out with us. <laughs> well, you and me, the end of the video, kind of awkward. Kind of waiting for you to subscribe and you know all that. And you know I'm I'm just I'm just I'm just gonna head out.